Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. Sean Salisbury up in Dallas coaching at the Army All-American game. The Rockets beat the Suns. Carlos Correa signs with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Kyler Murray with a torn ACL. He is out for the season. And Sean Payton eyeing his, his return to coaching in the NFL has three teams in mind. Ryan, the big news this morning or late last night, I was already asleep. I woke up to your text this morning. Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. I I just want to know right away, what is your initial thoughts on this? Well, he bet on himself and he's getting paid for it. My question is, even with that big-ass contract, San Francisco and the state of California, they got some big-time uh, state income tax. So then you got to take that into account. So, uh, yeah, I just did the quick math. I mean, he's making just under $27 million a year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a nice little chunk of change. But I remember they did a breakdown of, like, Steph Curry's paycheck at, like, 40-something million a year. He loses, like, about half of that in taxes. Right. So, I mean, what, Carlos is going to – he wanted all this just to get paid $13 million a year? Yeah, I think it's the years because at one point the Astros offered him five years, $160 million. So, quick math on that is, what, 32? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, 32? Yeah, turn my mic off for a second. Yeah, 32. <clears throat> Pretty good money. I mean, he then he goes to Minnesota, gets 35.1 that first year, and now he gets the most money ever for a shortstop. You know, and I think with the Giants is they've had, you know, two years ago they had a crazy year, won well over 100 games, got beat out in the playoffs, had a down season this past season, and now they're in some sort of a rebuild. So having Carlos Correa as their shortstop – is going to be a good piece to build around. He plays a premium position at, at an elite level. There's no question there. One of the best defensive shortstops in the game. By far, in my opinion, the best arm for a shortstop. He's been an excellent hitter. He's obviously got the clutch de- gene when you get into October. We saw that here. And he's got the leadership skills. He knows how to, when, you, when he walks into a room, he commands a clubhouse. So if that's what the Giants wanted, they got it. But damn, 13 years? He'll be 41. 41! Dude, there's... I just... Dude, the playing shortstop at the major league level is a really hard thing to do, just like just getting to that level. But playing it for another 13 years? 
Uh, you, okay, because that's the other, like, would he go to first base at some point, or would you know would he move positions? Because you guys have you know kind of constantly said that if he got a ten year, he wouldn't be able to play shortstop in ten no, years. No, so thirteen. I would. I would assume. I would assume in the future he'll get more DH roles. Okay, just to take some days off. But if he stays healthy for, I mean, the next five years. And plays like he, like we've seen, dude, he's going to be the, one of the best shortstops like he is year in and year out. But man, 13 years. My man is going to be 41. Because he was relatively healthy in Minnesota. I know he, yeah. he kind of got banged up here and there here in Houston. So, I mean, he's he's in shape, obviously. He's in great shape. I, I would be concerned about his health in the long run. 13 years, dude. I don't know. That's just a long contract, man. I want to fast forward already. I want to know right. what this looks like in five or six years. I, I just want to know where they're at with this, and I, I can't believe it. Yeah. I. You know what the funnier part about this whole thing is Ken Rosenthal is just a pawn for agents. Like, how many times do we see, just over the last two weeks, I remember he came out with a report that the Astros were heavily interested in Anthony Rizzo. Not even 12 hours later, boom, he's back with the Yankees. He put out a report the other night that the uh, Astros were interested in bringing back Christian Vasquez. Yesterday, he signs with the Minnesota Twins. And then last night, I saw that the, um, the Mets from Ken Rosenthal were interested in Carlos Correa. And boom, last night, he signs with the Giants. Like, I'm telling you, man, Scott Boris and these other agents probably go to Ken Rosenthal and they're like, hey, we'll throw you a bone. Just put this out there. And that's exactly what he does. Yeah, I was just about to ask, is he that bad of a, uh, is he that inaccurate at times or is it because of, yeah, he's getting thrown a bone? So. Oh, I, I, I don't think he's inaccurate. I think uh, like. You think it's bone? Uh, oh, for sure. Well, and that's that's what a good agent does. And I was going to ask you something that I couldn't remember. And I finally remembered. I'm kind of looking through the article here about the contract. I mean. I guess we don't have any finer details about it yet in regards to is there club options or any kind of weird stipulations or opt-outs because, you know, contracts have gotten really creative these days. And to give a guy that's 28, 13 years, I kind of figured San Francisco had some kind of long-term protection for themselves, but I'm not seeing anything yet. Yeah, they haven't. Uh, I'm, I'm reading through Jeff Passan's article this morning, and there hasn't been any any details just yet. Like when he was with Minnesota, he had an opt out after every year. Exactly. Yeah, Which there's that, nothing that's for that was for him. And you know, whenever uh, Seattle signed is it Rodriguez, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, whenever yeah. they signed him, they gave him that like you know massive, you know, pretty awesome contract. But it had a lot of stipulations, yeah, and incentives, went on. Yeah. incentives, and yeah, his incentives. Like that. that Julio Rodriguez incentives is crazy because it gets him. I'd have to pull up all the details, but. If he gets those incentives, it makes him, I mean, it makes the contract so much more lucrative. So I agree with you that these contracts these days are so um, detailed and there's so many different things thrown in. But as of right now, there's, I haven't seen anything as far as details. I mean, this broke what? Last night at almost 11 o'clock our time? Yeah, 11 o'clock. And if you saw from the screenshot, I said, you, I'm sitting in the McDonald's drive through because I hadn't had dinner. And I've got the, uh, got the notification and I was like, oh, I got to send this to the guys. And, I was like, well, they're probably asleep. Oh, by I was now. fast asleep, man. Fast I was asleep. Yeah, I was. I was asleep by nine thirty last night. That's responsible. Yeah, and yeah. We, uh, Did you have a long <laughs> night? Did you have a long night last <laughs> night? A very well, not too long of a night, but it was a long night. 
Uh, but yeah, no, very responsible of you to get to bed early. That way we can uh, kill this show today. But yeah, I'm assuming as the day wears on, we're going to hopefully get some contract details because I definitely want to know what the stipulations are because I feel like San Francisco is not just going to straight up give him 13 years, $350 million without some kind of Yeah, there's got to be stipulations. All for sure. And he's going to, I mean, he's literally the face of that franchise. Like that's exactly what he wanted. And he got it. Well, that's what I was going to actually ask you is, you know, how did uh, I didn't really follow the Giants that closely? You know, obviously we were pretty wrapped up in Astros baseball. You know, how are they looking as a roster? Are they going to be a contender now? Is he automatically their best player and the rest of the team is mids? You know, what what, yeah. is the, what are the Giants looking at for this year? So two years, I mean, they, they had two years ago, they had Buster Posey. They had Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt. Um you know, those are just three of the top names. And then obviously their pitching staff was pretty good. And they, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they won like 112 games that season. And, you know, the biggest thing about the Giants is they were aging. Brandon Crawford, one of the most reliable shortstops and dude's been in, dude has been at the shortstop position for the Giants for like 10 years, I feel like. Probably more. He's getting old. And that was the big knock. So I haven't looked at it. I'll look at it. I, I don't know, man. But just adding him uh, just makes that makes it that much easier to build around, and that's what they're going to do. So they and they're going to even make the postseason this past year. No, right? they didn't, and they're going to have to. I mean, with that NL West, the Padres obviously upgraded left and right. The Dodgers are always going to be good, so they're going to have to figure some things out to try to compete. How do you think the Dodgers fans feel? I feel like they're they're probably fine with it. I mean, do you think they feel some type of way? I mean, yeah, they didn't really want I, him. I do. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, we read that report. What was it last week that the Dodgers ownership group said they weren't going to pursue Carlos Correa because of the fan base? So obviously, excuse me, obviously they hate Carlos Correa because of everything that happened between Carlos Correa and Cody Bellinger and and all that stuff. You know, in regards to 2017, but. <laughs> Their division rival now, goes and gets him. Now the Giants go and get Carlos Correa. Like if you weren't salty that the dot, if you weren't salty because the Dodgers were trying to go get Carlos Correa, if you're a Dodgers fan, you are a thousand percent even saltier now because the Giants went and got him. And they're going to see him a lot. But I mean, that's the thing. The Dodgers are still stacked. So, I mean, if they still beat the Giants, what do they care? Right. They're, he's probably still going to catch. You think he'll still get booed? As oh a yeah, player. Oh yeah, he'll get. Oh hell yes. <laughs> oh dude, he's going to get every time they play the Dodgers. He will get booed. He will a thousand percent get booed. I mean, he took on what he did here in Houston, man. Home, not homegrown, but he grew up in the organization. They drafted him first, and you know. What he did, I'll, I can't remember if he was a first pick or not. Um, I'll have to look that. I know he was one of the top picks. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was. But he took on the heel roll after all the cheating stuff. And everyone booed him. Then he had the little spat with Joe Kelly during the COVID season. And then they went to Dodger Stadium and he hits an absolute tank off of him in 2021. And gets booed at a Dodger Stadium. So yeah. Now he's gonna be with now he's gonna be with the with the Giants, the Dodgers rival. I love it. Yeah, and I'm I love looking it. here, uh looks like uh Jeff 
Jeff Passon was reporting some things. It looks like Giants signed several people yesterday, and I guess the day before. It looks like they got left-hander Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya. Yep. So he went from the Padres to the Giants, and then apparently Ross Stripling. Yeah, Ross Stripling, that's right. Went from the Dodgers to the Giants. So the Giants uh, acquiring some people from their division rivals. Yeah. So they're trying to do some things to try to keep up with that NL West. That NL West is crazy, especially with what the Padres have done. Padres have the top, like, the, the their lineup is stupid. Their lineup is incredible. Well, as long as Tatis can oh, yeah, that ringworm. Yeah, man, I forgot about Tatis, man. Hopefully, you know, I don't know, hopefully he doesn't use, like, the wrong conditioner or shampoo and has to, has to treat it. has a, ring- a bunch of steroids in it. Yeah, man, has to treat it <laughs> ringworm or something. It's crazy to even think that the Padres did all that this past season without Fernando Tatis Jr. In 2021, the uh, Giants won 107 games, and they turn around and they win 81 games. So uh, they're not they're no slouches. Yeah, and a big part is if for some reason the Giants can bring back Carlos Rodon, the stud left-handed pitcher, then obviously that's going to be good. But Rodon, I, I read a report early this morning that his preferred destination is the Yankees. So we'll see if that uh, that pans out. And, you know, it's funny, man. I saw that report from Ken Rosenthal in regards to the Mets wanting to get Carlos Correa. And I'm just like, dude, how much money is Steve Cohen going to spend? Like, he's worth, what, like $15 billion, And he's going to spend half a billion in baseball uh, contracts? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, uh, like it's an investment, <laughs> dude. He's got like his their their payroll is going to be over three hundred million dollars. Plus, you add in the penalties, and he's going to spend like four hundred twenty five million dollars on contracts and and uh, tax penalties. Hi, it's crazy. It's crazy. So it, it leads to the question: With the hot stove still a little bit hot, do the Astros make any more moves? We'll talk about that next year on the Sean Salisbury Show. More Sean Salisbury. Get in, strap in, and ride in. It's early, you know, just get it out of the way. <laughs> Gotta let it drop. Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Brian Lalima, Ryan Money, Sean up in Dallas this morning. He is coaching the Army All-American game. He's going to be calling plays for those youngsters up there in Dallas. He'll be back tomorrow morning with us. Rockets beat the Suns last night. Carlos Correa, 13 years, $350 million contract. He signs with the San Francisco Giants. Kyler Murray out for the season with a torn ACL. How old will you be, Ryan, when Carlos Correa's contract is up? Uh, Well, me and Carlos are actually close in age. I'll be 40. I will be 46. There you go. I'm not okay with that. That's kind of wild. So if you scroll through Twitter this morning, there is... um, 
a lot of funny memes going on. Oh, really? People talking about how old they're going to be. Yeah. So, um, Jostros, uh, yep. Josh Astros. Yeah, he's that's blue- Jostros. Yeah, Jostros. It's one of our Apollo guys. Hey, there you go. I was gonna say he's got a blue check mark. He's uh, he's well, official. He, he, it's Twitter blue, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> let Josh have his check mark. Anyway, he brings up a good point. How many rings did the Astros win during Correa's thirteen-year contract? Um. God, you, I mean, first of all, it's so hard to win a World Series. I think they can get another two. I was going to say they could they could very easily get another two. Yeah, and I'm just trying to be, you know, uh, humble or modest, if right. you will. Right. I, I could see them uh, possibly getting another two. At least one, right? At least. At least, yeah. I mean, because they could get it this coming year. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the whole thing, man, is like with with all of these deals going down and some of these names that are still out there, like Andrew Benintendi is out there, that's going to continue to be the popular name. Carlos Rodon is still out there. Obviously, I don't think the Astros are in on that sweepstakes. Then you have to talk like what we hit briefly yesterday at the end of the show is the Dalton Varsho stuff. And again, like what, what I think... People forget about, well, not forget about, but they don't focus on right now is there is, if the Astros start right now, like they're okay. And then there's the trade deadline throughout the, uh, throughout the season. So you can start the season right now. You, you return everybody, like everybody on the pitching staff, obviously besides Justin Verlander. So it's okay if you don't make any more moves, in my opinion. I would love to go get Andrew Benintendi. Depending on what happens with Michael Brantley and his medicals, if you bring him back, but if the if the season started right now, you would have Maldonado as your catcher, Bregman at third, Pena at short, Altuve at second, Jose Abreu at first, Tucker in right, Chaz in center, Jordan in left, and then you would obviously have to figure out a DH. So that's where I think you have to go and get another bat because if you go get Michael Brantley and he stays healthy, boom, there's your there's a 300 hitter easily. Right. There's your DH. And him and Jordan can switch between DH yes. and left field. Because it's been reported multiple times that they want Jordan Alvarez to uh play 70-75% in the outfield. It's good for his mentality is what I've read. So, who do you want to get? I mean, you got to try to if you want somebody as your DH and again, then you don't know who's going to come up from you know, from like uh, Pedro Leon, could we see him? Johnny Diaz, Corey Lee, like some of the young guys, David Hensley, where does he fit in? Right? And then Jake Myers, like the, what's going to be happening with Jake Myers? That's a big question mark. Everything that we saw from him last year was not good, but the year prior and the small sample size we saw was good. And it looks like the A's just signed Aletmus Diaz. Yep, so, so they gone. Yeah, they made that official. I saw that as well. So, I don't know, man. I, I think... I think, you know, still there's time, right? But it's it's a little quiet on the Astros front here as of late. Now, I mean, I would prefer quiet over making any silly moves or brash moves. So, I mean, it's it's okay. I I posted a uh article yesterday uh from our discussions about the Astros offseason. Where can you find that? Uh, you can find well, it's uh, at Sports Talk 790 on all major social media, sportstalk790.com. Uh, Sean Salisbury show page. But anyway, you know, I posted that. And of course, you know, it's 
We had a great show yesterday, and I had a little typo in the headline and Facebook and Twitter. Oh yeah, the dude, oh, the, yeah. the 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 the, uh, the boomers were upset, man. Oh, they were upset, man. I looked at that. I like retyped the title of that article for at least five or ten minutes, trying to figure out to get the wording right. Got it wrong. Classic mistake. Appreciate your Facebook, but what I'm saying is. It's they're okay, like you just said, they're fine. Yeah. So they don't necessarily yeah. have to make moves, but it's just been interesting because they claim we keep getting rumored for these guys and these trades and these things, and nothing's happened. So, right, and we've gone over three or four on catchers, so it's a little concerning. And if they're still interested in this guy, to me that says they don't have full faith in Corey Lee. So yeah, I, it's going to be interesting, man. I mean, I'm looking down these this free agent list like. That the of the names like when this whole thing started, Aaron Judge off the board, Correa off the board, Turner, Bogarts, Dansby Swanson still available. Obviously, you don't need a shortstop. Uh, Jacob Degrom with the Rangers, Verlander with the Mets, Rodon still available. Don't think they're in on that. The big name was Wilson Contreras. He's gone off the off the list. Um, let's see. I'm continuing down. Brandon Nimmo was also a name. He's going to stay with the Mets. Chris Bassett is with the Blue Jays. Kenley Jansen over to the Red Sox. Rizzo staying with the Yankees. I mean, I'm just going down this list. Josh Bell was another name. He's off the board. Jose Abreu, obviously, um, with the Astros. So, man, you keep on going down these names. J.D. Martinez, I don't think they would bring him back. Jose Quintana is now, if I'm not mistaken, he's also with the Mets. Stripling just went with the with the uh, Giants. And then he'd finally get down to Benintendi. He's going to be a name. Well, I was going to ask you, uh, Houston's never in any sport, I feel like, been a free agent destination. And then the Astros, obviously there's so many different ways you could look at the Astros and the fact that they are winners, they're champions, they got a great roster, great culture. But then obviously a lot of people outside of Houston don't like the Astros. So, I mean, do you think that's a factor at all that free agents don't necessarily want to come to this team? No, I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't because think of that. the winning culture. Yeah. And I think, man, it, like when you, are you talking in regards to like what happened in 2017? Is yeah, that why you think people I, yeah, think? Yeah. I, I think, figured it's implied. I didn't want to bring it up. I didn't want to say it. You know what? Let's go to break and we'll talk about it. Do you think the Astros are a free agent destination? We'll talk about it next on Sports Talk 790. Let's go, Jake To Sean Salisbury. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I am telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's gonna find out. Big win for the Rockets last night. They beat the Suns. Steven Silas first first uh, not appearance, but first time coaching since the passing of his father, Paul Silas. They beat the Suns. That's twice this season, Rhino. Yeah. Unbelievable. I was surprised to see him back. Yeah. Uh, so soon, honestly. Yeah, when they beat the Suns. Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Sean Payton eyeing his return to the NFL. He talked about having three teams in mind. The Rams, Chargers, and Saints. Obviously, none of those jobs are open, but we will have to see what shakes out. 
And then, you know, one thing we'll dig dig into later on is in the show is Todd McShay uh, of ESPN did his first mock draft. He had some interesting picks for the Houston Texans as they continue continue their tumultuous season. One win, they play the Chiefs this weekend. There's no shot that they uh, beat the Chiefs. We'll talk about that later on in the show. We continue to talk Major League Baseball. The big news this morning that came out late last night, Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Unbelievable. 13 years. I mean, my goodness. I mean, we'll have flying cars by then. Yeah, man. It's, you know, isn't that crazy when you think back to... Like what? What year are we in? Twenty twenty two, about to be twenty twenty three. I remember, like in elementary, we talked about, oh, there'll be flying cars by twenty twenty. Twenty twenty five. There's no, not even close, man. Jury's still out on that one, though, right? Yeah, it's probably for the best. The way people yeah. drive these days, I don't know if I want to be flying. With yeah, people. man. I was coming in this morning and it it was like sprinkling, and then finally I hit hit some pockets of heavy rain, and people just don't know how to drive. So flying cars, nah, I'm okay on. So I'm looking down these lists of free agents, Rhino, and the names that that I could see a potential fit for the Astros if they're still trying to go after an outfielder, DH, utility-type guy, especially with a left-handed bat, Michael Conforto. He didn't play last year. He had some injuries. And then in 2021, he did not play well. He's still a free agent. You've got Jerickson Profar. He's a utility guy, but probably going to be a little bit costly. Then you look at, obviously, Andrew Benintendi. We've said his name quite a bit. Yep, and our buddy uh, William Chamberlain on Twitter reminding us that the shift is not going to be a factor this right. coming year. So Uncle Mike or Benintendi would be a great fit because of that. So, I mean, it's a yep. good point. Yep, and then Michael Brantley, of course. So, you know, what the question that you I asked said, me. I said Uncle Mike. That's, that's Brantley, baby. Yeah, what 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 did you, what did you I say? I said Uncle Mike. Yeah, no, and I said obviously Michael Brantley. Yeah, yeah, it's Uncle Mike. It's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, same guy. Love him. Just gotta wait for those medicals. I uh, really don't think he's healed by now. <clears throat> I think he's still going through it, still going through the rehab. But I, I I would assume that before they throw him any money, they're gonna make sure that he is able to go 162 games. Make sure he's full on, 100 percent healthy, ready to go before they try to sign him because uh, it's probably going to be like a one or two year deal i would assume yeah i'll say he's not nothing command, more than that yeah he's not going to command like big money oh no and then yuli guriel is still out there there's always that opportunity to bring him back so we'll have to have to see what goes on with uh with michael Brantley, uh yuli guriel the question you asked me before we went to break is 
Do you think Houston is a potential free agent destination? Do players not want to come here because of the stuff that kind of happened in 2017? Obviously, with the science dealing, so forth, blah, 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 blah. I don't think if I what I personally think, my opinion, players know like players knew what was going on. Players knew that in 2017, the Astros weren't the only team doing what they were doing. There were all kinds of different ways of stealing signs. So I think players knew the drill. So that's why I I find it very funny that Cody Bellinger comes out and says, oh, Jose Altuve stole the MVP from Aaron Judge, even though it was proven that Jose Altuve did not participate in the sign-stealing scandal. The Yankees, obviously they unsealed that letter and showed that they were stealing signs electronically. You had 2018 with the Red Sox and the Apple Watches, and there's rumors of the Dodgers, there's rumors of the White Sox, there's rumors all over the place. The Brewers, the Cardinals, like all these teams were all taking part in stealing signs. The Astros were a little more blatant with it. Obviously, we know what happened. But players knew what was going on. So that's why I always find it so funny when these bigger-name players come out, you know, and they talk about the uh, the buzzers and, you know, the whole thing with the sign-stealing. So, no, I don't, I don't think... I don't think that affects players wanting to come here. I think what affects it is, and this is no, this is no, this is look what Jim Crane has done as a as an owner is is top in baseball, in my opinion. But he doesn't give long term contracts. Yeah. So who's the biggest free agent Houston's ever had? Is it Verlander? Uh, well, they got him via trade the first time. Uh huh. And then they they came out pretty much came out of nowhere and got him again after. Um, you know, the Tommy John surgery. Ooh, biggest free agent. I'd have to look into that. Was it Clemens? You know, and I'm thinking Astros, like the only one I can think of, like the Rockets almost never get free agents. The only one I can think of there was like Pippen, and that didn't work out. Yeah, we saw that panned out. Um, you know, McGrady they got from a trade. Yao they drafted. Harden they got in a trade. And Texans, I mean, Texans have pretty much never been good, so I don't know. You know, they drafted Deshaun, obviously, and so I'm just, I can't think of like a big free agent in Houston sports. Maybe there's a, an oiler that I just don't know about, but I, th- I think, um, was it Carlos Lee? Carlos Lee, I want to say was a free agent when he signed with the Astros and they gave him a bunch of money and he really didn't pan out. <laughs> but at that time it, it was huge. So I don't know. I'd have to go back. We'd have to dig into that more. It's a really good question, too. I've never thought of it because, yeah, they make the Astros here as of recent. I mean, they make some big time um, trade trade piece. They make big time trades. Yeah, I'll say I think the uh, the Chronicle has an article on it. I don't know if it's going to let me read it because I'm not necessarily subscribed to that. Yep. Nope. Not yeah. So me. he signed a six year deal with the Astros at the time. And he was a free agent. So at that time, he was a free agent, and he was a huge signing. Now, the career, eh, so-so. Towards the back end of his career, he wasn't very good for the Astros, but that was a big one back then. Yeah, I'll say I'm looking at that article here. There's a whole article on our worst free agent signings across Houston sports. What do they got on there? Oh, that was the worst. Absolute worst. 
That was number one for the Texans. For the Rockets, you got names like Carmelo Anthony, Scottie Pippen, yep. Stro Miles Swift. I forgot about Carmelo Anthony. That didn't pan out. Nope. Kelvin Cato. Oh, Kelvin Cato. That's a name. And surprisingly, number one for the Rockets was Ryan Anderson, four years, $80 million. Oh, man. That was our worst free agent signing. I would push back on that, but, you know, what have you. And then... Uh, Yep, Carlos, me, Carlos Lee made the list for the Astros. Dave Roberts, Jim Clancy, Greg Swindell, and Woody Williams. Woody Williams, yeah. There's another name. He's a local guy, too. I think, Carl, I think it, you know, regardless of the results, I think with Carlos Lee, that was probably the biggest. There's probably some that we're missing. But back then, it was huge. $100 million back then was, uh, that was big-time money. And again, like I said, it doesn't matter about... Um, what happened? He just did later on in his career, he just didn't play well. Not a very good outfielder. He hit bombs, but um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's the most notable one. I'm sure people calling in seven one three two one two five seven ninety. Roger Clemens, I would have to say, probably the biggest one coming from New York. That's probably. <laughs> probably the top. I mean, him and Andy Pettit found their way back here for a couple of years. They went to the World Series. It didn't pan out. Who is the biggest free agent the Astros have signed? And who would you sign if you had a chance to be the GM for a day right now for the Houston Astros? 713-212-5790. We'll take a break and come back and talk about it here on Sports Talk 790. The Sean Salisbury Show. Put our smart ass on your smart speaker. Google, play Sean Salisbury on iHeartRadio. There's no on the ground, the love in the air, sleigh bells are ringing. This is what it's all about, the fire is warm, the angels are singing. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. Sean is up in Dallas coaching. He'll be back with us tomorrow morning. Carlos Correa, 13-year deal with the Giants worth $350 million. The Rockets beat the Suns last night. Coach Silas returned, first time since he lost his father, Paul Silas, so a big win for Houston. Kyler Murray out for the season with a torn ACL MRI, confirmed that yesterday. So where do the Cardinals go from here? We'll talk about that later on in the show. We've been talking Major League Baseball this morning with the Carlos Correa news breaking late last night. Astros still uh, in the hunt for a left-handed outfielder. We were talking about free agents and free agent destinations. So let's go out to the phone lines at 713-212-5790. We talked about the biggest free agent signings in Astros history. Let's go to Tony in Baytown. Good morning, Tony. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I think you guys named one of the guys, uh, Roger Clemens, probably one of the biggest names they ever come through. Houston, even though it didn't amount to much, it was a huge homegrown Texas name. But uh, another one was Randy Johnson. I mean, that was a... Guy came over and did, went like ten and one with a one ERA and just just rocked it. Even though we didn't do much that that year either, but that was uh, two huge names, guys. And uh, before I hang up, I want to tell you thank you for uh, all the fun mornings. You guys are funny, uh, hysterical, uh, factual, and just a, a great radio station to, to wake up to every morning, guys. Thanks. Well, we appreciate it, Tony. Thank you so much. Uh, Randy Johnson was actually traded to the Astros in 1998. I'd probably say that was one of the biggest trades, him and him and Verlander. And that's what's tough about some of these, because a lot of it's like the guy wants to necessarily, you know, they want to come here. They don't want to be at the team that they're at. So they they get over here in a trade and 
he know, did go. He did go ten and one with the Astros. Right. Well, there's a lot of some. Sometimes you know a signing trade is almost basically the same as a free agent. But right. you know, it's it's it gets a little uh, gray area. Right. Right. Let's keep flowing through these calls. Let's go to Jason in Clear Lake. What's going on, Jason? Uh, not much. Nineteen seventy nine, biggest Astros free agent signing, Nolan Ryan. There we go. Nineteen seventy nine. Good year. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, and first uh, baseball player to earn a million dollars or more a year. That's right. Have you seen his documentary? Uh, no. Oh, you got to watch it. It is phenomenal. In for it. All right, guys. Got to go to work. All righty. Thank you. Nolan Ryan. There we go. That's another uh, another big one. Let's go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, I think the previous caller stole my thunder. I was going to say that the greatest pitcher in baseball history, Nolan Ryan, I think signed as a free agent with the Astros. Yeah, that's a big one. Do I have that right? Are you in Colorado Springs this morning? I am. 13 degrees. I'm up in the mountains. Listening on the iHeartRadio app? Oh, absolutely. uh, My (laughs) wife and I were both. Houston and went to U of H and then um, moved to Colorado quite a long time ago. So beautiful place to live, but we do miss uh, Texas and the food and the friends. What's the, uh, what you said it's 13 degrees. How much, uh, is there fresh powder on the ground? Yeah, it snowed. Um, uh, we're kind of up in the mountains, so we're at like 7,000 feet elevation. So it snowed in October and that snow's still on the ground, but we got a, we got a little bit of snow here uh, this week. Okay. Well, we appreciate you listening, Chris. Thank you for the call. Hey. That's Nolan Ryan, that's another big one. Yeah, there's been some Nolan Ryan stats making the rounds on social media that I, I would like to get into later after uh, our great callers here because they are astounding. Let's go to uh, Zach. Morning, Zach. Morning. Yeah, I would say um, this free agent signing didn't create a lot of... But Jose um, Altuve, I mean, he wasn't drafted by us. He was uh, signed by us and then ended up being arguably the best ever Astro. Yep, he was uh he was signed as an amateur free agent by the Astros in 2007 and then finally made his debut in 2011. So good call on that one. Um great I, call Zach. We had to go look that one up. We I would confirm. I would say that Jose Altuve will probably go down as the best Astro to ever play, and that's no disrespect to Jeff Bagwell or Craig Biggio. Well, that also brings up the question, then, does he get a statue? Because uh, yes. Bagwell and Biggio have a statue. Yes, you a thousand percent Man. throw that statue up, and you retire his number. Not disrespecting him, but that's going to be a small statue. That's okay. Love Jose. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> you went there, didn't you? I know. No, I love Jose. I love Jose. Let's go to Robbie in Baytown. What's going on, Robbie? You want to talk Carlos Lee? Yeah, man. Uh, his worst year as an Astro, he would have been one of the better hitters on this year's team. I think 246 was the lowest he ever hit as an Astro. He just gets a bad rep because he was kind of out of shape. Right. Right. He was, uh, he was, let's, I, I don't, this is, again, Carlos Lee, you know, he was a damn good professional, but he just, he just didn't look the part. A little sloppy, right? Didn't uh, didn't El play Caballo, man. El Caballo. Yeah, you're right. Didn't play a very good left field, uh, so that's where people uh, came down on him. Yeah, he was just paid to hit tanks and be there, and that's all he did. So, I mean, he hit he better than he hit better than Chris Carter. You remember Chris Carter? Oh yeah. So let's was, see. Uh, Chris Carter was a pain in the uh, side of everybody. Yeah. Let's see. In um, yeah, two forty six, two thousand ten. Next year he hit two seventy five. 
Yeah, even in this article, I'm reading ranking like the worst free agent signings in Houston sports, and him being fifth on the you know out of five on the Astros. They they go on to say that yeah, he was really not that bad. I guess it was just the amount of money and the fact that he didn't do much besides bat is kind of yeah. what I'm gathering. Appreciate the call, Robbie. Yep, y'all have a good one. You too. Yeah. So if you look at Carlos Lee's stats, Ryan, his first year with Houston, 119 RBIs, then 100 RBIs, then 102. Then 89, then 94. Is he available? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, he, man, like it, offensively, 303, average 314, 300, 246, 275, 264. So the knock on him was defensively. So in truth, you could, in today's game, put him as the DH. Right. That's a pretty solid DH. Yeah, because I guess when he was with us, we were, uh, what was it, National League, and he was left field slash first base, apparently. Yeah, I, I just remember him playing, uh, I just remember him playing lazy left field. Lazy left. That's what it was. That's what it was. I'm scrolling through here on uh, on Twitter, and we have uh, Carlos Lee, obviously, that was uh, coming from at uh, LSU underscore Aggie 25, and then uh, J.J. Morris says Jeff Kent. It's another big one. Yeah, I remember Jeff. I got him on a poster somewhere at the house with uh, the great teams of back then. I think it's uh, got, you know, what, Bagwell, Biggio, Kent, and uh, God, who was the guy? Um, Morgan Ensberg, was that his name? Yeah, Morgan Ensberg. Yeah, played third. Put some respect on Mo. Come on, yeah, man. No, it was a great, yeah. great roster. But I think what, we, what we've gathered here from this discussion is the fact that Houston is not necessarily the best free agent destination, but the Astros have definitely had the most success with free agents and signing trades by a mile. Right. The Texans and the Astros have pretty much almost never gotten anybody of significance through free agency. Did the the Texans, when you look at the Texans and the free agents, didn't they get Tyron Matthew? Wasn't he a free agent that they got? Ooh. Pretty sure he was, but he, he was only here a couple of years. Right. No, now that's the, a good call. Now, the Texans have made good draft picks. J.J. Watt. Of course. Deshaun yes. Watson, regardless of of all the other BS, you know, it's my man likes to carry around his own towel. It's fine. Yep. Um, it's not fine, but. No, yeah, no, it's not fine. No, not at all. No, no, no. Um, but he was a, a talented draft pick. Right. It wasn't. J.J. Uh, uh, Watt, J.J. Von Clowney, Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you look at the draft, the draft board. They've uh, history. Well. They've the Texans have drafted well, right? And you could say the same about uh, the Rockets, you know, with uh, Elijah Wan and Yao and things like that. But free agents, a little hard to come by, and you know, sometimes free agents are what makes or breaks uh, a championship team. You know, just right. getting somebody to come, you know, be that next person on your roster that you need. You know, that third or fourth guy that's going to take you over the top. Yeah, I, I just you know, so the question was, is Houston? a top free agent destination. And I think it's known that, you know, especially with the Astros, I mean, they will give out money, but it's not going to be the long-term long-term deal. I think the longest we've seen is what? Five years, six years. And I guess that can be something that holds up a lot of players. Cause it sounds like a lot of guys, you know, baseball is known for their lengthy contracts. And if the Astros aren't giving them out, well, guys might go elsewhere. Right. So, right. Yeah, that's so a factor I've got a list here. Rhino, of potential free agents, lefty outfielders, outfielders 
players that are still available that the Astros could go after. We go through some of those names and talk MLB free agency after Carlos Correa signs a massive deal. That's next. Top of the hour on the Sean Salisbury Show. Here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. The USC Longtime friend Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Can't stop the to the This is the all you. Sean Salisbury Show. 701 here in H Town. Welcome into the Sean Show on Sports Talk 790. Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. Sean Salisbury is up in Dallas coaching the Army All-American game for the high school kids. He'll be back with us tomorrow morning. We're rolling along here. We've been talking Major League Baseball. Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Your Houston Rockets beat the Phoenix Suns last night in a big-time win for that young squad. Steven Silas made his return to uh, coaching after losing his father, Paul Silas. Kyler Murray, torn ACL out for the season. And Sean Payton eyeing his return to coaching in the NFL. Rhino, you know, when we were talking about these big contracts, uh, let's not forget that they extended Jordan Alvarez for six years, $115 million. And you see what Jordan has done? That's going to be... Um, that's going to be absolute fleecing by the Astros because he's going to command a bunch of money somewhere down the road. He is, and but he's and so also, they got him. He's very young. Yes, and I feel like a lot Correct. of players of his. Well, now there's nobody like Jordan, but players that are young and skilled like he is, comparable to him, that right. are worth a lot of money. You know, like Julio Rodriguez got a very long-term deal. So, well, yeah, and, and uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Two of the young stars, big time, long-term deals. Correa's 28. Right. Like that's 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 not old, but it's not young in Major League Baseball. Well, and, and what I was going to say, I mean, I guess Jordan agreed to it. So, I mean, every everyone should oh, be yeah. happy, but it's just a, I guess it's a little surprising. Jordan's kind of one of the few of his kind that doesn't have like a 10 year deal with the amount of talent and how young he is. Right. So, right. Well, I'm interested to see what happens at the end of his contract. Yeah, so uh, William Chamberlain on Twitter, great point about Major League Baseball players who wanted lengthy contracts. Altuve, Bregman, Lance McCullers, five or six years max. Uh, and then he, yeah, like I, like he said, or like I said, he said the same thing. Astros fleece you on six years, $115 million. So some of these names that uh, continue to pop up that I've been going through uh, on this list of free agents that are still out there. So I'm looking at left-handed outfielders. Obviously, the Astros want a left-handed bat to add into that lineup to play some outfield and do D, you know, take on the DH role. Uh, so some of the left-handed batters that are still out there that are free agents, Michael Brantley, obviously Joey Gallo, Mark Himoff strikes out too much. Uh, Andrew Benintendi, David Peralta, Cole Calhoun, Corey Dickerson, uh, Tyler Naquin, local kid from uh, Klein Collins high school, really talented outfielder. Uh, he, I, I wouldn't mind it really athletic, younger, uh, so that would, <clears throat> excuse me, that would add in some athletic athleticism into that outfield. Um, and then Michael Conforto is another one. Uh, Jerkson Profar is a name that has been brought up. So I pulled up some of these stats for some of these guys. Andrew Benintendi, 28 years old. Michael Conforto, 29. Jerkson Profar, 29. Andrew Benintendi, last year, obviously he got hurt later in the season when he, he got traded to... The Yankees, he was making eight and a half. I think Andrew Penitenti is going to be the biggest name that continues to get brought up. And one thing that we cannot forget about 
is that the shift is no longer around. The shift is gone. Hitters like Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Andrew Benintendi, all of them are going to, and everybody, I think every hitter is going to benefit from the shift going away. Andrew Benintendi would be perfect to add to this. Now it just comes down to money, obviously. If And I don't even, this is all just us talking, right? So I don't even know if the Astros have reached out to Benintendi. There's some reports out that they have. But again, that could be just a simple, hey, we're just checking in. You know, see what's going on. What's what's the leaves are shaking, the trees are shaking, you know? You know what I mean? So would he, but would he play left field? Yeah. And then what does that mean for Jordan? I think you, you'll see. Them two switch? Yeah, you'll see. You'll see that. One's DHing, one's left field, and this is right. simple as and that. And then, and then the, let's not forget, you know, uh, obviously Andrew Benintendi can play left field. I'm sure he can play center field as well because as of right now, I'm sure it's going to be Chaz McCormick as your starter. He did a lot down the stretch and especially in the playoffs that earned him to start day one for the Astros, assuming he has a good camp in spring training. But I think you could also see Andrew Benintendi shift over to center field if he became a Houston Astro. So then you look at the money. He was making eight and a half. Two-year, $20 million deal. I would do that. That's 10 a year. I don't know if he would want more than that. Probably. I mean, everybody wants more money, but realistically. So there's one. And you look at Benintendi's numbers. Uh, you know I'm a big war guy, right? Love it. Uh, let's see. In 2022, prior to him getting hurt, he had 461 at-bats, 304 average, 51 RBIs, uh, OPS of 772. So let's look over to Michael Conforto. He was a name that was being talked about for the Astros at the trade deadline, but he still hadn't played. They didn't know about the shoulder because he was hurt. Uh, So if you look back at his numbers in 2021 for the Mets, again, he's 29 years old, so a little bit younger. Uh, His number's not good. Not good. 232 average. OPS of only 729. Just not good for him. 55 RBIs, just a down season. But... You look at Cody Bellinger, and he two his last two seasons were abysmal. I mean, they were awful, like really, really bad. And he just got the bag, $17.5 million with the Cubs for one year. So if he can get that, I'm sure Michael Conforto, not with Houston, I'm sure he can go find himself a spot somewhere. And then another name, Jerickson Profar, 29 years old. He is He's played left field. He's played second base. He's played shortstop. Utility guy this past season for the San Diego Padres, 243 average, OPS of 723. So we'll have to see um, 
with him, I, I don't know. I don't. That's not a name that's been really brought up. I just kind of was looking through some of these lists, and he's probably a guy that would fit the mold here. I don't know, man. I just it's it's uh, it's crazy that all these deals are going down, and the Astros really haven't been a part of them. Obviously, they missed out on Wilson Contreras. That's fine. Plus, you know, Christian Vasquez. I think a lot of people, dude. I saw it yesterday. There were so many after our show. There were so many people that are upset that Martin Maldonado is going to be the everyday catcher for the Astros. But yet, whenever we were getting a catcher last year, it was like, why are we bothering? We have Martin Maldonado. It's I, I guess people are upset that he can't hit. I mean, he can't, I mean, or he doesn't hit well. Right, but I mean, he. I feel like he had everyone's support all of last year, and now you're saying this year there's there's some Twitter I, managers out there that aren't feeling it. Well, I mean, how many times did we do? Come on, I mean, let's think about like all of our post show vids with uh, Astros Twitter Tuesdays or whatever we did. Like just all the craziness that we saw from some of the Astros fans that just, I mean, they wanted they wanted Bregman cut at one point. They wanted him sent down. They wanted Yuli cut at one point i mean you, you name it there, there were unhappiness but then i saw yesterday because of the christian vasquez news three years 30 million dollar deal with the twins that people were upset it's crazy to think it's just i don't know man you, you're you're coming off of a world series win or yeah world series title martin maldonado was your catcher for all of this past season i know he's getting up in age and people are upset. People are legit upset that Martin Maldonado is going to be the starter. I think he does so much more than just catch. Commands the clubhouse. He's a leader. Commands the staff. He's a centerpiece for these young pitchers because at the end of the day, these these this pitching staff is still young. Framber Valdez, young. Luis Garcia, young. Jose Arquiti, young. And, you know, bringing in Jose Abreu to continue that Latin connection that, you know, the Astros have so much success with Martin Maldonado fits right in there too. So I don't know. It's going to be, uh, I, I think it'll be, I, I wish we had a more confidence in the backup catcher role. Cause I'm fine with Martin starting, you know, there's, there's enough, um, you know, hitters in this lineup to take care of us if Martin struggles. And, you know, if last year's a down year, he could bounce back this year, that kind of thing. I just wish we had a little more confidence in the backup uh, picture position because they address first base. I'm not really worried about the outfield. I got faith in Jordan and Chaz, and I would like to bring Brant, uh, Brantley back, and he's a very efficient hitter. Um, I like the way he approaches the plate. So I'm not too worried about, you know, the Astros. We had a lot of people comment on, uh, you know, our Facebook and Twitter uh, post yesterday just saying that they don't need to do anything necessarily. And it's kind of a addition by subtraction type, you know, scenario. So the team, we're not saying the team necessarily has to do anything, but it feels right. like Jim Crane is still trying to make moves. Yeah. And it's just very unclear how it's going to play out and what exactly he's going for. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, look, we still have a couple of months, obviously, but it's, it's all relevant because of how everything's going on with this MLB free agency. Um, you remember Chris Davis from the Orioles, the big left-handed hitter? Well, he's getting some deferred payments for a 15-year period. It's like what Bobby Bonilla gets every year. There's Bobby Bonilla Day because the Mets are still paying out his contract. He gets like over a mil once every year. Chris Davis, the former Oriole, 
from 2023 to 2025, he will get $9.16 million a year. From 2026 to 2032, he will get $3.5 million a year. And then from 2033 to 2037, he'll get $1.4 million. He'll get $42 million over the next 15 years. So that's what happens when you do these big, crazy contracts. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, long-term deal. That's a deal. Dude, he's going to be hunting somewhere, and then he's going to look at his bank account and be like, oh, man, $9.0 million just got deposited. So does, like, does the MLB not do buyouts? Like, could they not try to buy him out of that? I mean, I'm sure they do. But, you know, when you go into these deferred payments and they negotiate <laughs> it, you get $9.1 million a year for the next three years. And then after that, it goes down to, I don't know, three and a half. 40, he's going he's gonna to get $42 million across the next 15 years. Could you imagine that? 15 years, eight years down the road from now, he's going to look at his bank account at one point and he's going to say, oh, look, three and a half million dollars just got deposited. Oh, sweet. Let's go shopping. I mean... Unbelievable! What a fall from grace for Chris Davis, too, because at one point when he signed that massive contract, dude, he he raked and then he just could not stop striking out. Crazy. That's what happens when you look at these big contracts. Same thing with uh, like with um, Albert Pujols when he went to the Angels, signed that long term deal and it hindered the franchise. That's where the franchise is now. Yeah. You know, another franchise that I feel bad for. I feel bad for the Oakland A's. I do too. They got rid of Sean Murphy. I mean, they don't have like their 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 roster now. Poor Tony Kemp, former Astro, one of the nicest guys in Major League Baseball, and a really talented player. He's with the Oakland A's. I know he's getting start, you know he starts every single game for those for that team. But I feel bad for them. They need to move that franchise. They need to move them to Vegas and call it call it good. Because whatever the owners of the Oakland, they don't give a damn. They don't give a damn at all. What is going on in Oakland is is ridiculous. They got. Imagine playing in front of like 4,000 fans as a major league franchise. 4,000 fans. Just, it's it's embarrassing what's going on in Oakland. They need to move that franchise. Absolutely ridiculous. We got the stakeout next on Sports Talk 790. Going nonstop. Sean with former QB, Sean Salisbury. All right, Sean, what are you hearing out there? Now, the Salisbury Stakeout. Salisbury Stakeout. On the Sean Salisbury Show. Rolling along here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Rockets beat the Suns last night. Big win for Houston over the Phoenix Suns. Carlos Correa signed with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Sean Payton eyeing his return to coaching in the NFL. And Kyler Murray has a torn ACL. He is out for the season. Uh, one thing we'll hit on later on the show is Todd McShay released his first mock draft. We'll go through that, and we will look to see who the Texans draft. You know, we usually do the uh, stakeout at 7.15 every morning. But now Sh- we're somewhere else. Sean Salisbury is up in Dallas coaching. He'll be back with us tomorrow morning. So you know what we're going to do? It's just Brian Lima and Ryan Money. We're going to enter into... The Lalima Lounge. 
Come on in. Grab yourself a nice cigar. Maybe a scotch. Or a whiskey. Whatever you want. Kick your feet up. (laughs) Kick your feet up. Take your shoes off. Stay a while. Are you whiskey, scotch, or bourbon? I'm none of those. Nice. But in this moment, I'll take a tequila on the rocks, please. Extra lime. Extra lime. Salt on the rim. No, no salt. We'll go do it on the rocks. No training wheels. We're going to go right for it. Nice Don Julio Silver. We are in the La Lima Lounge. Hang yes. up and hang out. Kick your feet up. Take your shoes off. Stay a while. But your feet stink, so go ahead and put your shoes back on. You are in a bar, sir. Put your shoes <laughs> on. You can't have your shoes off in the bar, sir. Ryan Money. Yes. Now that we're in the lounge. Now we're, we're in the lounge, relaxed. baby. We're in the lounge. We're relaxing. We're chilling. I got a question for you, though. Okay. We've teased it. Uh-huh. A couple of days now. Okay. We're finally going to pay it off. We are. For all the people that have been waiting. Who is good? Oh, now then, it's been addressed on our social media at Sports Talk Seven Ninety. It has, and there's been a resounding answer. It has on, on one side of the uh, spectrum, but I still got to ask you. We still got to talk about it. We got to break it down, and, it's, and we're going to do it here in the lounge, aren't we? Right. Okay. Right here in the lounge, because the Astros are World Series champs two time or Tustin. Two time. Of, yeah, two time. Tustin, as a lot of people are calling us. Tustin, haven't heard that's the first one. Yeah, there you go. I haven't heard that before. Okay, and so. We're not worried about the Astros. They're winners. They've been winning. And they could easily do it again. So we got to ask you, Rockets and Texans are both been in rebuild mode. Rockets a little bit longer than the Texans, but about the same. Who's going to win a championship first out of these rebuilds, the Rockets or the Texans? Who will win a championship chip, cheap, championship first between the Houston Rockets and the Houston, and the Houston Texans? Texans. My answer will be the Houston Rockets. And now why is that? The Houston Rockets have better ownership. They have a better general manager. They have young, talented players. They have an idea of what they want to do. Jalen Green, KPJ, Jabari Smith, Alperin Shengun. Alperin. Alperin Shengun. <laughs> Excuse me, not Alperin. Alperin Shengun. Those are just a couple of names. Eric Gordon's still around. Jabari Smith looking good. Yeah, looking so great. they have a young, talented core of players. Kenyon Martin Jr. I mean, they've got they've got talent all around. They're they probably going to get back in the draft lottery this year, even though they've made strides. They're winning so. as of late. I think they have actual an actual mindset of what they want to do. And they have pieces in place. And the only thing I will say in the Texans' defense is in basketball, you know, you just it's five guys versus 11 guys. Right. You, you need less guys. Well, I think... So, in theory, it can be easier, but also football is such an anomaly right. any and, given and, year. And, you know, we see... Um, I mean, we saw it a couple of years ago with the Rockets. And I hate this saying, but it's it's true. They were a hamstring away from winning the whole damn thing. If they would have just kept a hamstring on ice in the locker room for Chris Paul to have, they'd be NBA champs. So I think it's the Rockets. Now you look over at the Texans, dude, it's it's so frustrating because I feel like we've been in this quote-unquote re- rebuild mode for four, going on four years now. Like since 2019, 2019 they had they had it, man. They had the Kansas City Chiefs down big, 24 nothing, and they lose. And ever since then, it's been a nightmare. Yeah, 
So, so 2019 was basically the last good year for both teams. Bill O'Brien left this organization in shambles. <laughs> but it goes back into who allowed it? Who allowed it? Ownership. Ownership. Gave him and that now, power. now you've got you've got it. Oh, they are one eleven and one. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's where and look they're gonna have the number one pick this off season this draft coming up is monumental for this organization. Yes, and we we should definitely talk about their draft because I know you teased the uh, mock draft. Uh-huh. Thing, but uh, since we're on this subject, I want to get into the I like to call it the tankathon numbers because the Texans at this point, I mean they're not even trying to tank; they've just been bad all year right and you know like we've just said they're probably going to get the number one pick you know barring something unforeseen whereas the rockets are still in you know the lottery sweepstakes the tankathon sweepstakes but they're showing progress they're already winning more games than they did last year so ideally they're going to have a higher win total than the last two seasons but they're still towards the bottom of the standings but they're winning at home they're showing signs of life they're playing better defense but they're not taking themselves out of the lottery and i know a lot of people are like well why don't we just get good now i'd love to make the play in tournament now yeah i would too but this draft is too juicy so the fact that they're showing signs of growth and winning some games winning at home and still towards the, at the bottom of the Western Conference, I think that is the best case scenario for them. I think they're still the fourth worst team in the NBA, which you have to be to get the sweepstakes. Now, granted, they're tied for fourth with the Spurs, but still, I I think if you, you're seeing progress, which we've seen, but also remain like that's best case scenario, like you said. Yes, and that's the, that's the. That's the beauty of the uh, NBA draft lottery. You can still be the the what fourth worst team and still potentially get the number one pick, right? And still have good odds. Yep, and the odds are because they've kind of you know nerfed the odds to where people don't intentionally tank like the Sixers did back in the day to get Joel Embiid. And I also look at you know the Eastern Conference. The teams that are worse than us are the Pistons, the Hornets, and the Magic. They all they have seven wins or eight wins respectively. And all three of those teams are awful. Yeah. And so the Rockets are better than them. And both on all of those, well, not the Hornets. The Hornets are bad because of injury and, you know, their franchise is in shambles for a whole other reason. But the Magic and the Pistons, like the Rockets, have been trying to rebuild. Right. And the fact that we're ahead of them in that rebuild and all of three of those teams have young, exciting players, the fact that we're ahead of them, to me, is exciting. That's good. Right. So, you know, it's a good sign. So, Jamari Smith gets better every game. Jalen's been way more consistent. I like where this team's headed. My only concern is Jay Sean Tate hasn't played all year, and we still haven't traded Eric Gordon. So I don't know if and when we're going to trade Eric, and then when Jay Sean comes back, where is he going to be in this rotation? Because we've been going this whole season without him. Yeah, we. I feel like, Ryan, you and I were talking about trading Eric Gordon like last year uh, <laughs> on uh, on our Sunday show. On Riding the Pine, we discussed this like at length at length and, and he still hasn't been traded the nba podcast i listen to they say two things that i absolutely love we're the most exciting bad team to watch and eric gordon has been in trade rumors for this entire contract which has been like three or four years and he still has not been traded 
this might finally be the year. The Rockets are trying to get a first-round pick for him. And even if that first-round pick isn't a juicy first-round pick, they want a first-round pick for him. And hopefully a contender out there will finally, you know, bite, you know, Bite the bullet and do it. Now, yeah. I think they've they were offered maybe one one or two in the past, and they didn't move forward with it because they wanted him to be the veteran in the locker room. Well, but now I'm, it's kind of the point where the team's getting pretty developed that he really needs to be traded for whatever we can get. If they if they could move John Wall in that massive contract, they surely can trade Eric Gordon. That's that's kind of how I feel about that. Who's going to win a title first, the Houston oh. Rockets? Or the Houston Texans. What say you, listeners out there in Radio Land? 713-212-5790. We'll talk about that next on Sports Talk 790. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Feels weird coming out of the lounge, you know what I mean, Rhino? Coming out of the Lalima Lounge. Yeah, it does. But it was a great Lalima Lounge. And uh, I didn't realize Queen had a Christmas song, but here you go. Oh, wow. Didn't know that either. Check that out. Learn something new every day, don't you? Rolling along here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean is in Dallas coaching at the Army All-American Game. He'll be back with us tomorrow. So it's just Brian Lalima and Ryan Money this morning. Carlos Correa signing a 13-year, $350 million contract with the Giants. Rockets beating the Suns. Kyler Murray has a torn ACL. He is out for the season four. Excuse me, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, real quick, Rhino, on the uh, Carlos Correa contract at Junior Munoz HTX on Twitter sent us some uh, numbers with the state income tax in California. Oh, with yeah. a $27 million contract, federal income tax, state income tax, Social Security, Medicare, Medicare, and then state disability insurance. After all of that, he will net $12.7 million. That is sickening. million and after taxes, $12.7 million. I mean, is it worth it? Well, I I, I feel like, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do the math off Eric is doing math on air is dangerous. But if, um, if he would have taken the 160 here in Houston versus the 13 year that he did take, you know, like how, what's the, like, I almost feel like that money almost evens out. Well, it was what? 160 divided by five. That's 32 mil a year. There's obviously no state income tax here. You have to remember the money that he made from uh, Minnesota. I don't know the tax rates up in in Minnesota, but he made, I don't know, 30 some odd million dollars with them. 33.1 or something like that. Well, see, the, this math isn't going to be 100% accurate, but 160 times five is 800 million. So that's how much that contract would be worth. Now, granted, wait, what? 160 times five. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. divided by 30, five. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. 32. 160, 160, yeah. So 12, 12 million times 13. Uh-huh. 156. Right. So really, like, he's doing so many more years of service to make not that much more money slash the same money. Right. That's when you include all all of the taxes and things like that in California because California taxes are uh, egregious. Like Right. And because you're obviously making millions of dollars, so the tax or taxes are going to be higher. I mean, it's just crazy. Like, 
you're you're paying more. You're paying fifty two point seven percent in taxes, right? Because I mean, obviously, he's going to have some expenses even if he stayed here in Houston. But I mean, right. yeah, taxes alone, the five or six year contract that we were offering him is the same amount of money as the money he's going to end up making from this thirteen year contract. Right. It, it is. It's uh, it's crazy. Like. <laughs> Whatever. You know, in 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 uh, what's his name? Jeff Passan tweeted about it that he bet on himself and he won, and it's the biggest contract. But then you have to take into in, in consideration all of the taxes, and we just—I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Like, what was it when? Because that was the big uh, big discussion point when James Harden wanted to leave the Rockets. He wanted to go to Brooklyn. And people were breaking down his salary there with the New York state income tax. Yeah, literally 50 cent king of New York left New York and now is doing all this business in Houston because Texas is where it's at, man. If I was an athlete and I was making that type of money, obviously, like for me, I know me personally as an athlete, like winning would have come. And I, and I say this not making millions and millions of dollars, right. but but winning has to come into play for me. But if I had a preferred destination, it would be in. It would probably be. I would like to play in a professional team in Texas, Florida, and then Arizona would probably be my third. That's what I'm. I don't know. And, and again, maybe it's just enough money to where these guys don't necessarily care because no matter what, they're still multimillionaires. Right. But I just wonder when these guys are going to wake up or have a financial advisor be like, "Hey, man, you know you could double your money just by playing in one of those states versus New York or California." Can you can you look up if you don't look up the James Harden contract with state income taxes when he was with Brooklyn? Because I remember discussing it on air the la- over a couple of years ago, and it was kind of the same thing. Like he was going to be paying massive amounts in state income tax, and then when you look at these numbers. You know, it's it's uh, nine million dollars, almost ten million dollars in federal income tax, and then when you look at the state income tax, three point six, three point six million dollars just in state income tax. And let's not forget, he's in you know Philly now, so there's a lot or, of taxes there. Yeah, for uh, James Harden. Yeah. yeah, this this I'm looking at. Uh, sorry, I was looking at Carlos Correa's. Gotcha. $3.6 million in state income tax. I mean, I I know he wanted the, uh, I know he wanted the long-term contract and he got it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. 13 years, but in the grand scheme of things, when you're paying all this money in state income tax, like, is it worth it? He's the face of the franchise, so okay, I understand that. But man, these numbers are, are uh, um, eye-opening for sure. And again, that's what happened with, uh, when you go back and you look at, excuse me, when you look at James Harden when he left, 
uh, when he left Houston and went over to, to Brooklyn. The taxes are insane. So $12 million after it's all said and done, man. That is crazy. But, hey, he's a face. It's good for him, though. Face of the franchise. That's a beautiful ballpark. Gabe Kapler, underrated manager in Major League Baseball, in my opinion. So he'll fit right in. He'll be the he'll be the guy. He is, and he's one of the best defensive shortstops in Major League Baseball. So I put up the question on social media about who will win uh, a championship first, the Rockets or the Texans. And so far, uh, I don't think I've gotten one Texans. It's Rockets, 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 Rockets. <laughs> and one person even said Astros again. Yeah. Astros again. I, yeah, I've seen nothing but Rockets. Rockets not even close. And I don't disagree with that. You know, I would love to play devil's advocate and make a case for the Texans, but but how can you? How can you? Right, right. I mean, yeah. Bryce Young is that guy because I mean, I was watching NFL Live yesterday, and man, they were really making making a case for Bryce. But, right. I mean, he's got to have pieces around him, and I don't know who those pieces are. Yeah, uh, one of the answers we got on social media: Rockets. Cal McNair has no idea what he is doing with the with the trust fund. Uh, Rockets not even close. Uh, our guy JB uh, Jonathan Barrow says Rockets. They got the core already, a couple of pieces away. Plus, get the core some years to develop. They will be so deadly. Uh, Rockets not even close. Uh, here's another one: Rockets. They're reminding me of the 2014-2015 Astros. They're starting to show signs of life and playing with the big boys. Uh, that 2015 Astros team uh, lost a heartbreaker here at home against the Royals. Royals went on to win, or at least get to the World Series. Uh, that season, right? So I agree with that tweet. The only pushback I'll say is, you know, the Astros, uh, you know, were what in the postseason that year, and I don't think the Rockets are going to make the United not, not the play in. You don't think they will make no. that? They don't want to make the play in. They they no. still want to be in the sweepstakes for a chance to get uh, Victor Wabanyama and Victor Wabanyama. I believe that's okay. the pronunciation. I, I hear it slightly different every day. I mean, ideally, if you're following along, you know who I'm talking about. The guy is, you know, once in a generation type talent, obviously. So if we can get him or even a guy like Scoot Henderson, then I believe the Rockets will start making that push to where they're going to try to win as much as possible. I yeah. think hopefully this is the last year of being towards the bottom. Yeah. And then you look at, um, let's see, a couple more answers. One of my friends, um, he called a shot. He's saying 2026 Rockets will win the championship. Rockets will repeat before the Texans sniff a conference title game. Uh, at Texans have never been to a conference title game. I love that tweet. Uh, definitely the Rockets pieces are there. Just need a couple more good draft picks and vets along the way. Give them four to five years. So that's kind of around the timeline that you know yep. my buddy's calling. I I would like to. I think that's a, a good pick. You know, because I mean MJ didn't even make the playoffs till like year seven. So I mean, yeah, you, you get they're doing great. And I think they could be in the playoffs in the next couple of years and then maybe contending for a title in four to five. I think that's a good pick by everybody. Rockets look the part, but I think it's a bit easier in the NFL. It's a bit easier in the NFL to win it to win a title. You mean easier in the NBA? Uh, no, that's the, the tweet I'm reading. Oh, wow. No, okay. they think it's easier in the NFL. I guess they want the Texans to win. Hey, I mean, uh, I like just I said, did. I would love to make a case for them. I mean, we're going to get into, you know, this draft analysis. Yeah, and- we are. We are, but first, we're going to talk about the Rockets and their big win last night. Steven Silas returned to action as the head coach for the Rockets after losing his father, Paul Silas, 
What did he say about the big win over the Suns last night? We'll hear the audio next here on the Sean Salisbury Show. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. Another uh, question that we could have posed, Ryan. What's that? What will happen first? The Texans win a championship or Houston will get a hockey team? Man. Man. I would love both to happen. Rockets beat the Suns last night. Carlos Correa signs with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million contract. Kyler Murray has a torn ACL. He is out for the season. Uh, By the way, some Texans news. Jeff Driscoll. Taken off the practice squad and officially added to the 53-man roster. Let's give it up. Give it up for Jeff. Right, give it Jeff. up for Jeff Driscoll. Always believed in you, Jeff. Oh, actually, not even Jeff Driscoll. Let's give it up for uh, the Texans actually making a smart move. Here we go. My name is Jeff. More. There we go. My name is Jeff. There we go. No idea why they put him on the practice squad and then officially added him to the uh, uh, <laughs> to the 53-man roster. But you know, the, trying to figure out what the Texans are doing is, is a headache, and I'm not trying to deal with it right now. Uh, another thing that came uh, across our Twitter page, Rhino, is uh, in regards to those uh, taxes that we were reading off um, at C-L-M-A-N-S-U-R, C-L Mansur. Uh, he says, I'm assuming he, sorry, it's, I don't want to offend anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, you are taxed based in each state a game is played. So this is not completely accurate. That rate will only apply to games played in California. He'll be taxed heavily, but not quite that much. So, it, okay, 82 of those games will be heavily taxed. Yeah, and then, you know, other states have income taxes. Right. And it's really just a handful that don't, and there's no professional baseball team in Mississippi and stuff like that. Right. So, no, it, there's, it's one of those things, and we had another caller, you know, call and kind of help us out with the fact that there are, like, pro- programs and financial advisors, and there's ways to work around it, deferred income, and things that are above my head because I don't make millions of dollars, so... You know, these athletes, yeah, they're fine. But still, I mean, at the end of the day, you can make more money playing in Texas. But we'll leave it at that. Uh, I think the overwhelming answer is the Rockets will win a championship before the Texans. The answer is still flowing in. Check it out on our Twitter at Sports Talk 790. Here's another answer real quick before we get to the Rockets. Astros get two (laughs) more before the other two get one. Yeah, I was looking at that tweet. I love that tweet. Uh, I kind of... I, that'd be fine. Yeah. That's fine with me. Uh, as long as everybody's getting a championship at some point, but that's very possible. Look, you know, even damn, damn the championships, Ryan, as long as everyone's having fun. Okay. That's so true. As long as everyone is having fun. So the Rockets played last night and they're very fun. Steven Silas made his return to the bench and, and uh, was, you know, doing his coaching duties after losing his father, Paul Silas, just a couple of days ago. Um, he made his return. The young core played well. They beat the Suns, and this is what Steven Silas had to say after the game. The guys, the defense tonight was really good, and it's definitely great to be back. I love these guys. I love this team. Um, I kind of didn't want the game to end because now it's like real life starts up, starts up again. But um, proud of the guys. Yeah, that that answer it, it, it reigns so true. Um, 
I lost my father in March, uh, March 20th of this season. I was coaching on a Sunday. Uh, my 12U team at the time for the Banditos, we were playing uh, in a big NIT. We're in the semifinals. Uh, right before the game started, I got the call from my sister uh, that my father had, had died. And then, you know, you go into coaching, you go into sports, and you escape everything. That was the best thing about, for me, playing sports. I'm sure, I'm not trying to be a smartass or anything, but I bet when you're bowling, Ryan, you escape. Like, really, like, it's your escape. Uh, yeah, I would say basketball was always a bigger escape for me for some reason, because I guess bowling, you're just, you have so much downtime yeah. between shots, but you're absolutely right. Sports is an escape and basketball. Whenever I was upset about something, basketball was always my escape. Yeah. I would all, and, and bowling would be too, if I was like practicing bowling by myself, right? You know, but yeah, you're definitely right. It's always a great escape to, to play your sport and just not think about anything, but getting the ball to go wherever you want the ball to go, whether yeah. it be in the hoop or down the lane. Yeah. My, uh, my senior year of college, uh, in our off season, unfortunately I lost my sister suddenly. And that was my escape is going to practice going to weights and things like that. So Paul Silas saying he didn't want the game to end. They won 111-97. They held Phoenix under 100 points. So that's Phoenix now under 100 and the Milwaukee uh, Milwaukee under 100. Back-to-back games at home, and they were up 20 at half. It was like 55-34 at half. All all five starters in double digits. Oh, uh, Tari Eason coming off the bench with 10. You had Jalen Green leading the way, 26 points. KPJ, 18. Eric Gordon, 10. Shangun, 10. Jabari Smith, 14. Dude, the, the, um, what we have, what we are seeing, the growth of Jalen Green is phenomenal, dude. He is like must watch TV right now. He is. In that game against the Bucks, I mean, he had three just high flying dunks. And I, I know one of them in particular was, Obviously making the rounds the most, but I mean, he had three dunks where he just soared and he's, yeah, he's must watch TV and I don't wish this upon anybody, but Cade Cunningham, number one draft pick in Jalen Green's grab. He's out for the rest of the season. He is out with shin surgery. I've never even heard Have you ever had shin splints? Um, Brutal. I'm not saying that's what he has, but that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I had, I did have uh, shin splints, but yeah, I've never heard of shin surgery. So he tried resting and see if he could come back, and they decided to get, you know, have, have him get surgery and shut him down for the rest of the year. And Jalen Green's looking great. And yeah, he is must watch TV. And Jabari and Tari, our rookies this year, are really coming along nicely. They're both contributing on the defensive end, which is what we wanted and what we expected. But they're also making contributions on offense. So they're doing it by committee right now, and I love to see it. Yeah, you look at uh, Shen Goon. He had uh, 16 total rebounds, 10 on the defensive side, 6 on the offensive glass, a uh, double-double for him. If you look down the stat line for the Rockets, they had 17 offensive rebounds. That just leads to second-chance points for the Rockets. And Aiton, the center for the Suns, is the biggest guy on the floor. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton. So he, he only was, had five points. He was non-existent. That's what I'm saying. He's supposed to be. He's the highest-paid big man on the floor. He's the biggest big man on the floor, and he got taken to school by Shingun Garuba. You know this young Rockets core, Jabari. So I love what the Rockets are doing right now, and they've got a huge uh, stretch of home games right now in the month of December. Yeah, um, uh, who, who is it? Uh, is it Michael Bridges or Mikael Bridges? Mikael Bridges. Sorry, I knew I butchered that one. He had what 18 points. Uh, for the Suns, Chris Paul uh, chipping in 16. But yeah, big win for the Rockets. I know that felt good for Steven Silas. Uh, Monty Williams, head coach for the Phoenix Suns, uh, embraced Steven Silas after the game uh, for a, a nice 
gesture from him uh, and he just kind of sat there talked to him and then they they hugged each other for a good long couple of minutes so always uh good to see um empathy shown uh towards steven silas monty monty williams is one of the best in in the game right now uh and in a stand-up guy so a really good gesture from him after the game for steven silas so uh big win Big win for the Rockets. Um, and we have some, is this from the audio? Yeah, this is what Silas had to say about, uh, he was asked about, you know, what was said between him and Monty. This is what he had to say. Yeah, Monty's like, I mean, everybody knows he's like one of the best people in the world. And it means a lot for him. You know, he, uh, he's been through so much. Um, and has so many like little tidbits and so many experiences that he draws from, but he has a great way of communicating. And uh, tonight his, his way of communicating was through a, a, a hug, which I needed. And uh, I love him for that. He's, he's, he's a good man. Yeah, that's just good stuff, man, all the way around. And to top it all off, they won. Yeah, <laughs> they beat the Bucks and they beat the Suns, man. Yep. Two teams atop of their conferences. Now, granted, the Suns have been kind of reeling here lately. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. No, 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 no. They won, man. No, it was a great win. Uh, Believe me, I love it. I had my doubts about this game, and uh, when I saw it halftime, they were up big. I was like, okay, just don't let up. Right. You know, because the the Suns did make a run at one point. They made a a double-digit run, like a 10-0 run or something like that, so... Uh, but the Rockets stayed strong, stuck to their defense, made their free throws, because that's been the most frustrating thing with me and this team is the fact that they're so inconsistent at the free throw line. It looks like this year they're finally getting better in that regard, and that's what's going to win games, especially in uh, crunch time. I have, uh, We have not gotten one answer in regards to the Texans winning a championship. I know we need to get to break, but yeah. I love this one from uh, Todd the Show. He says the Texans might never win a championship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, man. Todd the Show might be on to something. We're going to switch over to the NFL. Todd McShay, ESPN analyst and draft expert, released his first mock draft. Where do the Texans fall in that draft? We'll go over that next top of the hour here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. 803 here in Houston, Texas. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Brian LaLima, Ryan Money with you this morning. Sean Salisbury is up in Dallas coaching at the Army All-American game. He'll be back with us tomorrow morning. Rockets beat the Suns last night. Carlos Correa signing a 13-year, $350 million contract. Jeff Driscoll of the Houston Texans added to the 53-man roster. And Kyler Murray has a torn ACL out for the season. We look ahead to the draft for the NFL. Todd McShay. Putting out his first mock draft for the NFL. Obviously, the Texans are 1-11-1. And I think I'll preface this by saying the Texans and this draft is probably the biggest draft that they've ever had. Where the Texans are right now is not good. 
you're about to be on head coach number three in three years, assuming they get rid of Lovey Smith. They should. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. In my opinion, clear house as soon as the season ends. Season ends on that side. There's only four weeks left. As soon as that season ends, the next day, you clear house from top to bottom. And then you hire... You do actually, then I take that back. You do a correct coaching search, meaning you don't hire uh, an engineering group or a consulting group. You do it, you trust your general manager in Nick Casario, and you get the head coach that you want, and you let that head coach hire his coaching staff. Because I don't think that the Texans at any point when they make these head coaching changes have actually fired everybody else. And I'll never root for anybody to get fired. But it's what's needed. I'm sorry. It's what's needed. This is not working. They look lost every single game. Last week against the Cowboys, you finally saw some signs of life. The two-quarterback system seemed to work. Davis Mills played better. Obviously, Damian Pierce ran the football well. He got hurt. He's going to miss at least a game. Brandon Cooks didn't play. Nico Collins didn't play. But everything that has gone on this season has not worked. So you clear house. You find the coach that you want. If Nick Casario is your GM, you trust him. I think he's made good draft selections over the last year. Petrie, Stingley, obviously Damian Pierce. But it all has to start with who is going to be your next head coach. That's where it starts for me. You clear house. You bring in a head coach, and you let him hire the staff. And then you go into this draft. This is a monumental draft for the Texans. The popular names, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. Those are the quarterbacks, the top three quarterbacks that you're going to hear. Then you've got Will Anderson. He won the Lombardi Trophy, best defensive lineman. Also won the, uh, I forgot the name, but best linebacker because he switches from linebacker to the end. That's another name. Do you try to trade for somebody, a quarterback, and you and you draft Will, Will Anderson and, and wait for the next draft class? But if you don't, it, it doesn't matter. In my opinion, it doesn't matter if you go and draft Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, whoever you fall in love with at the draft. It doesn't matter. If you bring back this coaching staff, you do not want your potential franchise quarterback with one year with this coaching staff. I'm sorry. It's not working. 
Clear house, bring in a coaching staff. Bring in a head coach like a D'Amico Ryans or whoever it is, okay? And then go and then go draft Bryce Young. Bryce Young is a winner. He's got the clutch gene. And he's he's talented. He can he can extend plays with his legs. He's a smart, accurate passer. That's who I would want as of right now. Todd McShay has him going number one to the Texans. They also have a top, they have a first round pick that comes from Cleveland, depending on where Cleveland finishes in the standings. It could be a top 10 pick. I think he had him at number 12. Yes, he has him at number 12. Very interesting pick here. It's the tight end from Notre Dame. Yeah, and our um, our buddy from the A-team, Adam Wexler, had a, an article about this at SportsTalk790.com, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is he seems very frustrated. Michael, with, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. Michael Mayer, yeah, he tight se- end. Yeah, he seems very frustrated with the Michael Mayer pick from Todd McShay. And again, this is all mock draft, but like, you know, uh, Wexler was very frustrated with uh, Todd McShay saying we should take Michael Mayer, who is quote safe, reliable, effective, and pretty solid Thursday night for Nick Casario. Um, what do you think of this? I mean, what what should they take with that number twelve pick there? Do you not agree with the Michael? I, no, I, I don't. Right. So what, I what don't do you, understand you, why you would want to go get a tight end. Right. You've got some some reliable tight ends that are already on this this team. Right. So you, so, you and no, I are in agreement on that, and I I agree with you guys. So what what do you think they should take I, with that pick at number I, twelve? I would try to go get a playmaker. You got to go try to get an offensive weapon or. Somebody for your defense, a defensive lineman. Obviously, Will Anderson is going to be off the board really quick. Right. I would try to go get somebody to bolster your offense. Nico Collins has made progress this season. He's probably going to be a really reliable receiver next season, assuming he stays healthy. But you need another. You need a downfield threat is what you need. Right, because we don't want Bryce Young to be like Deshaun in his early years, just running around with nobody to throw right. to and making stuff happen, with, with you know with no results to go with it. I mean, I get the uh, the mindset from Todd McShay because he talks about a reliable receiving option, a uh, good blocker on the offensive line in Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. But no, I'm I'm a hard pass man, hard pass. Yeah, I, I'm 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 with Wex on this one. Go get safe. What did he say, Ryan? In that article, safe, reliable. Well, that that's what um, McShay said about Michael Mayer, right? That, in his in his mock draft, that right? He's safe, reliable, effective, and that would make a pretty solid Thursday night for Nick Casario. And Wex is like, what? Like Casario would be out of here if he did that. So, no, I'm good on that one, man. Give me. Give me a playmaker. Would you? How do you feel about getting an offensive lineman, beefing up the line? Well, maybe later in the draft. Yeah, if you can. I mean, you still got to figure out what you got in Titus Howard. He's played okay this season. Um, Laramie Tunsil. I mean, I know he had a couple of penalties late in the game last weekend against the Cowboys, but Laramie Tunsil has played phenomenal this season. That's your that's your biggest spot on the line. That's your left tackle. Okay. That's the quarterback's blind side. So yeah, of course, uh, upgrading. 
upgrading the line is always something that you're going to need. But since we can't stop the run, we've probably looked at the defensive line as kind of what you're getting at him is what I'm feeling. Because it'd be the offensive line is, would you say our offensive line is better than our defensive line? Do you feel confident in saying that? I, I think altogether they suck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they can't stop the run, man. Yeah. They can't. It's been proven. Josh Jacobs torched them. Derrick Henry torched them. Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott. They cannot stop the run. They can't tackle. Petrie had a phenomenal game last weekend. Best of his young career so far. He's going to be a top talent for the Texans. Yeah. So is Stingley Jr. Those are two big-time playmakers on the defensive side. But they're in the secondary. Right. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind upgrading the defensive line. A tight end with the number 12 pick, no. No, no, no. no. no, no, no. I'm, I'm okay on that. <laughs> so we got some more great tweets coming in. Um Somebody said the Houston Cougars basketball team. Great pick. They weren't an option, but I mean, I agree with that. They, they've still got a great chance this year. Still looking good. Uh, another guy said Texans 10 to 20 years out. <laughs> 10 to 20 years. 10 to 20 years out. Man, if they're 10 to 20 years out, the team is uh, might not be in Houston for that long if they're that bad. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a long time. <laughs> that is a long, long time. I, I I don't know, man. I just think this... This is a make or break. It draft. is. It is. It is, man. It's such a monumental draft for the Texans. And this is going to be the most picks that they have? In the, I mean, because I know they got picks for the future, but I mean, this is the year we have the most picks. Am I right? Right. Okay. Right. They've got quite a bit. So who would you take if you're the general manager if you were Nick Casario, who are you taking in the NFL draft for the Houston Texans? 713-212-5790, the number to join. Again, that's 713-212-5790. Again, we've got the question up on our social media, at Sports Talk 790. Who's going to win a championship first, the Texans or the Rockets? We'll continue to talk the Texans and the upcoming NFL draft here on Sports Talk 790. But first... Let me tell you about Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian and the entire crew, the entire family at Classic Chevy Sugarland. After the show, I'll be headed out there. I'm picking up a brand new Silverado. I'm excited to get into it. I'm trading in the 2022 Chevy Blazer that I've been cruising around, and I'm picking up a custom Silverado. And you can get into a new custom Silverado with $599 down and $599 a month with approved credit. Or they have great lease options like $299 down and $299 a month with approved credit. They are the GM dealer of the year now, 12 years in a row. And as soon as you pull onto the lot, you will see that they indeed do have more inventory than anyone else. Truckloads of brand new Tahos, brand new Blazers, brand new Silverados, brand new Malibus, anything you can think of with a Chevy it's right there at Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Classic Chevy Highway 6 is open on Sundays. So if you're out doing some holiday shopping and the only day that you have is Sunday to get out and try to find a new vehicle, head over to Classic Chevy Highway 6. They are open on Sundays. Or look online at ClassicChevySugarland.com, ClassicChevyHighway6.com. Ask for Jeff or Tiffany Sebastian and tell them that Brian LaLima sent you. Let the celebration start. More Sean Salisbury. <laughs> the Sean Salisbury Show.
Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting, tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Finally got some cold weather on the way. Make it feel a little more like Christmas around here. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean is up in Dallas coaching. So it's just Brian Lalima and Ryan Money. We've been talking about the Texans versus the Rockets. Who's going to win a championship first? Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million contract. Kyler Murray tore his ACL on Monday Night Football. He is out for the season. Todd McShay, excuse me, Todd McShay did his first NFL mock draft. Had the Texans taken Bryce Young at number one. And then with the 12th overall pick, he had them taking the Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. So I asked the question, who would you draft if you were the Texans? So I've got some other mock drafts here pulled up in front of me. Obviously, Bryce Young is the consensus number one overall pick. The Bears would get number two, Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia. He's a name to watch. He is a monster on that defensive line for the Bulldogs. Will Levis coming in at pick number three. That would go to uh, Seattle. That's coming from the Denver Broncos. That was in the uh, yeah. That was that was in the acquisition because of uh, Russell Wilson. Talk about getting fleeced. <laughs> C.J. Stroud number four to the Lions. That's from the Rams in the uh, Jared Goff and Matt Stafford trade will anderson projected to go to philly that's coming from the saints i mean my goodness <laughs> dude all these different trades and stuff that have happened and all these picks imagine could you imagine the Phil- philadelphia eagles are the are the top team in the nfl right now and they get will anderson in the in the draft yeah. Come on. Well, and that's why uh, it's a completely different sport, but that's why the Lakers are trying to stop trading their first-round picks because they know in a couple of years they're going to be bad, and you don't, <laughs> you don't want to be bad and lose your pick to a team that's good. Man. So as I scroll through on this, on this projected uh, mock draft, it has the Texans coming in, and this is on CBS Sports. So it comes in with the Texans getting a 13th overall pick. And they are projected to take Tyree Wilson. He's an edge rusher from Texas Tech, 6'6", 275. 6'6", 275. Large human being. Well, that's what, speaking of large human beings, I was going to ask you, I've seen people go both ways. I've seen concern. I've seen people shrug it off like, who cares? Not a big deal. He's so talented. Does Bryce Young's size concern you at all? Is he undersized? It doesn't concern me. Okay. So take him number one. Yeah, no yeah. Okay. The moxie of the kid, he wins. He's got the clutch gene at the end of the game. Like if 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 it's two minute drill, you know he's going to make something happen. We've seen it in his entire career with Alabama. Uh, another name to watch is Jackson Smith Najigba, the wide receiver from Ohio State. That's going to be a top draft pick. He's projected to go to the Chargers in pick number sixteen. So we'll see, man. We'll see. I I would I, the way that this mock draft is Bryce Young. And Tyree Wilson, an edge rusher, I'm, I'm about it. I think you bolster that defensive line. That'd be, uh, that'd be a hell of a thing to do if you are Nick Casario and the Houston Texans. Let's get out to the phone line, 713-212-5790. Welcome in, Biscuit. What's going on, my man? Hey, top of the morning, my brothers. 
Hey, Brian, come on, man. Uh-oh. Is this even a question? Is this even a question? <laughs> the Rockets? <laughs> you talking about the Rockets in Texas? <laughs> yeah, is this even a question, man? I mean, we're talking, man. And, and let me ask you this, though, Ryan. You talk about the coaches staff. How does the GM just seem to be getting a pass on all this, man? Well, this, see, the we... roster is this is... Yeah, we you know, we talked about it a couple of days ago here on the show. I asked the question, do you trust Nick Casario as your GM? And as of right now, I, I'm I originally I was leaning, yeah, I trust him, but here lately, man, I I just I don't think he he should get a free pass either. The roster is yeah, not man. good. The coaching hires have not panned out. Pep Hamilton doesn't look like he's capable of being the offensive coordinator we thought he was going to be. Now, again, Davis Mills hasn't played well. I get it. The roster's not there. But still, man, right. I, I, I don't know. With I'm kind of I'm leaning more towards I don't know if I trust Nick Casario. And then there's reports over the last week that Nick Casario is on the, on the sideline with a headset on. Could you imagine being yeah. a quarterback and you hear your general manager wow. in your helmet? I mean, but it, it, and Casario just comes off as a in – everything type of guy, you know, he's at the, you know, he just seem, he don't seem like he's a, too much meddling and, you know, nah, I don't, I'm not sold on Casario, man, really. And you said Stingley. Well, we'll see. Now, now uh, let me ask you this question. Do we have a chance to get Sauce Gardner or do we did, or did he we go did. first? So you see what I mean? And so Sauce Gardner is, Sauce Gardner is, is the truth. Yeah. Stingley's a question mark. How durable is the guy going to be? You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. And now on the flip side, the Rockets. Now you, man, you talking something now? They got some pieces over there, Ryan. And and I know they got off to a slow start, but I think, uh, especially with Jabari starting to play a little more, Sangoon is starting to play. Uh, uh, Jalen Green is accepting the role of being the lead dog. Uh, Porter has stepped back a little bit and let Jalen do his thing. Uh, Eason. There's a good pickup, man. I'm, I'm telling you, the Rockets, two, three years from now, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, I th- I, the the most exciting player for me on this squad so far is uh, is Jalen Green, man. We were just talking about it last segment. Uh, he's or a couple seconds ago. He's electric, man. the The growth we've seen in, from year one to year two is is astounding, man. It's it's great to see. And I think my favorite thing about his development that I'm seeing over these last couple of games is he's not forcing it as much as he was. He's letting the game come to him, and he's going in a rhythm. He's not necessarily putting up 30 shots trying to get 30 points you know he's getting high 20s low 30s in the rhythm of the offense and I think that's the most important thing is being the lead scorer being the big dog but not being super selfish about it well Ryan let me uh, let me say this he's learned that he don't have to jack up shots and so he's getting to the hole and getting fouled and so that's man. This dude is developing. Man, you, you got something with Jalen Green. No, and like do. I say, Eason, uh, Eason is a good player. Uh, Sangoon is not going to do nothing but get better. Man, the Rockets is going to be good, man. And the Texans, good luck. Thank you for the call, Biscuit. Biscuit, actually, real quick, I know before before we let you go, I, I've been trying to ask people, and I haven't really gotten a straight answer, and I know we're not going to know until it happens, but we're not – necessarily a great team. I mean, we're 9-18, and 18, but it almost feels like we have too many forwards. What do you think is going to happen when Sean Tate comes back? That's a good question. Uh... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think Tate, he don't put Tate in the mix. Right. Uh, so is that going to take away I, from Easton and Aaron KJ? I Gordon. I think... I think Eric Gordon at some point has got to be moved. Right. And so then there you got the slot. So once Eric Gordon gets moved, then now you got Tate. And I think Tate may start, you know, in, in Eric Gordon's spot. Now you got, you know, a mix. So right now you got a, the starting lineup is all offense. And the second unit is all defense. You got to mix it up a little bit. Right, because so, having uh, Tate and KJ and Tari on the floor at the same time may not work because none of them are really knockdown shooters. They can hit it, but they're not right. knocked down. So, yeah, it's something to right. figure out. I'm interested so think, to see what happens. But they got pieces. That's they got the pieces. Key. They got pieces. <laughs> and you can move and get other assets or whatever, you know, but the Texans, they don't have no pieces. <laughs> they don't. Thank you for the call, Biscuit. Yeah, uh, and and not to mention they've got I've, I when you compare those the ownership groups at uh, Tillman Fertitta compared to Cal McNair Jr. Well, I think they got better ownership over there at the Toyota Center with the Houston Rockets. So it leads to another question, Rhino. General Manager Nick Casario, do you trust General Manager Nick Casario? Some stuff going on. He's wearing a headset out there, throwing passes at camp, throwing passes at practice. Take a step back, Nick. Just be the general manager. Do you trust general manager Nick Casario with the Houston Texans? We'll talk about it next in Sports Talk 790. Oh, this is the Sean Salisbury Show. Salisbury Show. That's beautiful. I'll be home for Christmas. You can count. have snow and mistletoe and presents under trees Christmas Eve will find local talent Cody Johnson on the mic to bring us in you know, it gets to the point where it's like who hasn't done a Christmas song you know he's from Huntsville Right down the road, right up there, I-45. Yeah, buddy. Rolling along here on the Sean Salisbury Show, Brian Lolima, Ryan Money, Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants, 13-year, $350 million contract. Kyler Murray tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Jeff Driscoll added to the 53-man roster for your Houston Texans. And the Rockets beat the Suns last night. 111-97. 111-97. Big win for the Young Rockets squad. I've been talking about the Texans. Todd McShay released his first mock draft. He has the Texans taking Bryce Young at number one. He's got them taking the tight end from Notre Dame at number 12, Michael Mayer. So we've been talking about this draft. We've also posed the question on our social media at Sports Talk 790, at BLEMA 790, and at Money on the Mic 1. Did I get that right? Seven. Damn it. We'll be all right. (laughs) Who's going to win a championship first, the Rockets or the Texans? So then it goes into the general manager, Nick Casario. Look, the roster's bad. Lovey Smith, I, I don't see how you continue on with him. 
Pep Hamilton. I think you move on for I think you move on for everybody. Sorry, man. That's where that's where we're at. We move on. Fresh start for everybody. You bring in a, a, a potential franchise quarterback like Bryce Young with a new coaching staff. So that goes into Nick Casario and his role. You know, we've seen him out at practices, tossing the rock around, throwing routes, making sideline catches. Did he think to, he was going to have to come in? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like Davis was playing bad. He's I like, mean, I'm like, get some reps. You know, like I, I get it, man. Like, you know, when I'm when I'm coaching the kids, like, you know, I, I, uh, I want to get out there and swing the bat a little bit, you know, but I don't do it like the whole time. I don't do it every time. <laughs> so like I, I know my I know my role as Going a coach. Like some dingers? Yeah, yeah, man. You know, Nick Saro's out there running around. Ha ha ha. Getting the two feet in. Tap, tap, tap. In. That's in. That's a catch. That's a catch. We saw Rick Smith when he was the general manager here for the Texans. Saw him just kind of hang out. You know, be a general manager, evaluate. Nick Casario with the headset on. And that's where we reported like a lot. I could not imagine being a professional athlete, a quarterback, and you hear in your helmet, hey, this is, uh, hey, hey, uh, this is Nick, Nick, uh, Nick Sarah coming in, check, 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 can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, why don't we run a good play this Don't time? run the go route. <laughs> I need you to hand the ball off. I know it's third and sixteen, but I, I got a, I got a, I got a hot tip that they're not going to blitz. Was he previously a coach? No, I don't think so. Says he was previously a player. Well, I would hope so. Yeah, no, a little bit of best game. Is coaching assistant with New England. Don't run the curl route. Do you think he just can't get out of his old ro- uh, old role? Throw the ball <laughs> to Brandon Cooks. Score the ball. He's not happy with us. Throw the ball to him. No, I don't know. I, I don't know why, as a general manager, you need a headset on. Dude, you, you're the general manager. You don't need to sit there and micromanage your coach. You don't need to sit there and micromanage your players. You're the general manager. And that's a good point. You know what? That's another good point that, that gets raised. Is if they do clear house and they try to hire an entire new coaching staff... They can go to like, I'm just going to use Sean Payton. He's the most popular name. Everybody's going to want Sean Payton if he decides to make his way back to the NFL. D'Amico Ryans is another one. They can go to Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryans and try to get them an interview, and they don't have to accept the the invite. Who would want to come coach the Texans? And I think the appealing part of it is, if you're D'Amico Ryans and you can get past, I know he filed a lawsuit against the Texans for the turf and the injuries and all that stuff. If you can let bygones be bygones and you want to be the head coach, the appealing part is that they got the number one pick and you can build your coaching career and you can build your staff however you want it. And then, oh, by the way, you have Bryce Young or CJ Stroud or Will Levis, whoever you want to draft. That's probably an appealing part. But then again, do you trust Nick Casario? From everything that you've seen, Ryan, and everything that we've talked about here with Sean on the show, everything we've covered from the Houston Texans, they're 1-11-1. Do you trust Nick Casario? So for a while I did, and I think I'm in the same boat as you. For a while I did, and now the, the more time goes on and the more in-depth the reporting gets on him because the team is so bad and there's not much else to report on, 
I'm a little nervous. I want to see how he does this draft and see what we do with the coaching staff moving forward. But I don't even I'm going to try to word this as politically correct as possible. But as somebody who let it rip previously worked for the Texans organization, I don't trust any of them. I mean, they are a dysfunctional organization, top to bottom. And they're not good on the field. So, I mean, if you're not good in the office and you're not good on the field, that's a recipe for disaster. Two negatives don't make a positive in that scenario. And I don't trust anybody over there on Kirby. Well, the, uh, you know, the, they got rid of Jack Easterby. That's, that's a step in the right direction, but sometimes it feels like they take one step forward, two steps back. A lot of the dysfunction apparently reportedly was coming from Jack Easterby. So he's out of the building. Right, and that was what that that happened. What a few weeks ago? I mean, that was in season. Yeah, it was uh, about a month or so ago. Yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, this is you know we got to get through this season. I mean, this season's done. It's it's we might as well not even play. I mean, we could forfeit the rest of these games and it'd probably be the same. I mean, we need to get through with this season and get to the draft, which most Houston fans are already have been looking to the draft for the last feels like six weeks, and then go from there. If they draft well. If the new coaching, if a, if a new coaching staff comes in and things change, next year is really going to be the test. Uh, if if they can't show any signs of improvement over the off season into next year, then yeah, Casario is probably done, and I don't know where this team goes from there. Wow. I mean, do you? Where do you think? Do you agree? You disagree? What are you feeling? I I am so frustrated with this franchise that I don't even know. I, I just think that it goes back to where I say that this is the most monumental draft in the Texans history. Like the the future, like, you know, we can talk about rebuild, but at some point you have to win. You have to show results. So who's going to give you that best? Who's going to give you the best opportunity to win? That's where you have to look at. So I just, I, I, I'm on the side of, I was, I trusted Nick Casario. I liked the draft that he just had. I liked that they got rid of Jack Easterby because of everything that was reported about him. It just seemed like a toxic workplace because of him. So that's a step in the right direction like we just talked about. Well, let me ask you this. Let's let's let me I kind of had a thought come across my head here. And whenever the Astros were losing 100 games a year, I was in college and I wasn't in town and I just wasn't as in depth on the Astros as I was previously and as uh-huh. I am now. Uh-huh. Were we have were were you guys or you know sports media having these conversations when the Astros were losing 100 games like we have the conversations about the Texans right now? I was in I was in college as well but I still paid attention to that and I think it all went back to everybody trusts Jeff Luno. They trusted the process. They yes. felt like it was, even though we were the worst, one of the worst teams yes. in baseball, losing 100 games a year, there was trust. You had a bright spot in Jose Altuve. Right. You had dra- drafted George Springer and you saw what he was doing in the minor leagues. You had Lance McCullers Jr., you had Carlos Correa, and you were drafting young, talented players and you started to see, you started to see progress. And then when they got to that 2015 season, that's when you're like, okay, they've got something here. It took a couple of years, and th- dude, those years sucked, man. And there wasn't anybody going, you know, say, like we just said, do we trust Nick Casera? There wasn't anybody going, man. Do we trust Jeff Lou now? I'm a little nervous. We keep losing. Um, I, 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 I'm sure, but from what I remember. It was tr- trust. I hate saying the same. Trust the process, Jeff Luno. Just trust it. And then even the SI, the SI article that came out that projected them to win the 2017 World Series. 
they did. So I think with that, I think they made the correct moves. And also they had Jim Crane come in as the owner and then Jeff Luno. So that, that was, they were headed in the right direction. This stuff with the Texans, I don't think you've ever had that. Like it just, since Bob McNair passed away and Cal McNair has been in charge, we've seen what it's been. And there's question marks all over the place. So four games left. I hate to say it, but don't win. Be be competitive, but get that number one pick. F- clear house and bring in the staff that you want and get that top draft pick. We look across the NFL. We're going to go through frauds or not. The playoffs are right around the corner. We'll look at the playoff potential playoff matchups as well. That is next here on Sports Talk 790. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. And if you don't know, now you know. of the 8 o'clock hour here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Brian LaLima, Ryan Money with you today. Sean is up in Dallas coaching the Army All-American game, calling plays for the high school All-Americans. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Carlos Correa signing a long-term deal with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Kyler Murray tours ACL. He's out for the season. And the Rockets beat the Suns. We've talked Texans this entire hour. Todd McShay released his first mock draft for the 2023 uh, NFL draft. He has the Texans taking Bryce Young and the tight end from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame. Nick Mayer. Mike Mayer. Mike, Michael Mayer. Sorry, I was Nick Mayer. <laughs> we got Nick John, we got line. Nick Casario. Yeah, I did have Nick Casario, John Mayer. Uh, Michael, Michael, Mayer. Michael Meyer. And Michael Meyer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike Mayer. Michael Mayer, the tight end for Notre Dame. And then, you know, you know, we've discussed when the Astros were in a rebuild. Did people trust Jeff Luno as the GM? Do people trust Nick Casario? You and I discussed Orion, and we partially do, partially don't. Kind of right there in the middle. Maybe leaning more towards we don't trust him. Let's go out to the phone line, 713-212-579. Let's go Matt in the Woodlands. What's going on, Matt? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on the air. What's on your mind? Um, you know, I moved down here in 2011, and I'm a diehard Cardinal fan. That's the last time I'll say that. But I remember being in a golf course in 2013 in Belleville, Texas, and people were, you know, making fun of the Astros being the Astros. And I did, and I agree with you uh, about the trust with Jeff Lunau. He, he was the guy who orchestrated along with the great leadership of Crane, where the Astros are today. And they built from within, and they had the right select um, free agents. And I think that takes culture building for 10, 12, 15 or more years, because I see the fan base here in Houston really buying into the program. That's the right way to say it. But uh, the true support, because you don't know if it's a flash in the pan, et cetera. I said then that within five years, the Astros would be as good as any team in the American League. And I still wish the Astros were in the National League. But anyway, uh, it has been great leadership 
from a fiscal responsibility perspective, great draft choices. Um, you know, Mr. Crane's a great guy, uh, St. Louis guy, but he's a great guy. And I think that the culture is growing here. It's like a Petri dish. It takes a while for the fans to believe in it. I, in my opinion, if St. Louis has got great fans because they know the team is trying to win every year. They may not win, but they're trying to win. And, you know, there's some, almost all teams tank for a year or two or three to four years, whatever. The Astros aren't built to do that. The Astros, you have to believe they're going to have a great chance of winning it all next year and the following year. And as long as this continues, and I believe it will with the ownership of Crane, I don't know enough about this Nick guy, if he's the same, you know, joystick holder that the previous people were. I don't know. But Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think you're really on the right track as a, as a community. And I don't understand. Houston's the fourth largest market in the country and they just get crapped on all the time by the North, the East Coast, West Coast. They just don't get the support they need. And that's another subject. But for the Houston fans, they got to be so proud and so, um, I don't know, have it in their heart to believe that the Astros are trying to win, so therefore you buy tickets, therefore you support the program, therefore you, you, know, you, you get it in your blood, you have a cultural, because there's more and more, nobody wore Astros stuff around here 10, 12 years ago, nobody. Now you're seeing it, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to make an analogy back to St. Louis because I think St. Louis is one of the top three or four baseball fan bases in the country. I don't think that could be argued, but they are doing that here in Houston. And, you know, it is ab- about the general manager. It is about the ownership and how they spend money, stuff like that. So- Sorry, Matt, had to cut you off. We're running up on the top of the hour break. But yeah, he, he makes You're good points. Right, Matt. Yeah, he makes good points about the culture, man. You're building a culture and you want to know the perfect example in the NFL is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are right there on the verge of the playoffs. And they've been playing well. They're five and one in their last six games. Dan Campbell, new head coach, Jared Goff. Boy. Everyone counted him out. And look Lions, at them. They're Lions playing well. They've made great progress. They have. They're in it every week. Under a new head coach. Yep. They and if you in. if you watch the hard knocks, you could tell how well he does with those players and how he connects with them. He's fiery, he's intense, and it's it's showing on the field. They've made great strides. They're buying in. The culture is getting better there. I don't know, man. It's just so frustrating with the Texans. I want the Texans to be good. I want them to be relevant again and not the laughing stock of the NFL. So frustrating. Figure it out. Figure it out, son, over on Kirby Drive. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Clear house. Bring in a head coach. Let the head coach pick his staff. Nick Casario, just be a GM. Don't micromanage. Take the headset off. You can throw a few routes if you want. Go deep, pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Go deep. Hut, hut, hut. I still got it right. I still got it right. She's <sighs> frustrating, man. It wasn't so long ago, Rhino, that we had uh, the Rockets were good, the Astros were good, and the Texans were good. What a year. What a year 2019 was, huh? It was. I mean, unfortunately, the Astros lost in Game 7 of the World Series. The Texans blew a 24-0 lead. And the Rockets looked abysmal in the bubble against the Lakers. <sighs> Who went on to win that championship? Well, it was twenty twenty though. I'm talking the year prior, twenty nineteen. Well, the you know what I mean. Like the Rocket season started in twenty nineteen. You're right, right. No, I'm t- okay. And, so and, even, and even the year before that, they technically yeah they had a great year, but, but they, they were also, still relevant more than um, of course than than Texans are now. Correct. Rockets are. Yeah. Now. Hey, speaking of the uh, um, sorry, the Rockets. I know you were talking about their record. They're six and four in their last ten games. Yep, and they are two games behind the Lakers. <laughs> I know the and Rockets are the Rockets are nine and eighteen. The Lakers are eleven and sixteen. And the I'm, Lakers are not good, man. Lakers are not good. And if I'm not mistaken, they're on like a four or five game home winning streak. So again, they're playing good at home, which is the most important. The crowd has gotten better every game over the last, you know, basically since day one of the season. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving what's happening over at Toyota Center. Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Top of the hour, we're going to go through the NFL frauds or not. We're going to look at these standings. The playoffs are right around the corner. Who's a fraud? Who is not? That's next. Top of the hour on the Sean Salisbury Show. Here. A news sounds spectacular. Sean Salisbury. NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury. The UFC Trump. Longtime friend Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Final hour of the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. Sean is out today. He's up in Dallas. Coaching the Army All-American game. He'll be back with us tomorrow. Rockets beat the Suns last night, 111-97. Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants, 13 years, $350 million. Kyler Murray tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Some Texans news. Jeff Driscoll officially added to the 53-man roster. Yesterday, he was elevated uh, to the 53-man roster after he was put back on the practice squad. Not sure the decision there, meaning why did they put him back on the practice squad instead of just going straight to the 53-man roster? I don't know. Not even going to dig into it. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, We had a question go up on our social media earlier in the show. Who will win a championship first, the Rockets or the Texans? Uh, Finally, here we go. Just got our first Texans answer. Man, that only took like two hours. It only took two hours. Everybody else for the Texans. Fifth Ward Crenshaw. Yep. So finally, the Texans get a little bit of love. Uh, As the playoffs come closer and closer, four weeks left in the regular season, those playoffs will be here before we know it. We're going to do a little fraud or not. We got to, oh, by the way, Ryan, we're going to have uh, Michael Schwab 
call in next segment to talk talk Astros and talk Major League Baseball. So that'll be next segment. That's awesome. So let's look across the NFL. Rhino, you got everything pulled up in front of you? I sure do. Let's get a a little soft sports music bed. Sports. And let's go through these NFL frauds or nots. There we go. So what you got for me, Rhino? I could get the old Google machine. Here we go. All right. So you want to go by division or do you want to go by like division leaders and wild card stands? Let's do that. Let's do wild cards, division leaders. Okay. So, well, I mean, right away, AFC division leaders. You all right? At you okay? I'm a little choked up. You know, it's just a very emotional right. topic for me. Right. Because the uh, Texans are so bad. No, but the Bills. The Bills, not frauds. I, I question their defense a little bit because they've got some injuries, Vaughn Miller being a big one. Um, But I don't think they're frauds. I still think they are one of the favorites in the AFC, them and the Chiefs. And that's the next team. I was going to say, these first two, I kind of have a feeling. Yeah, the Chiefs. What do you think? I think the Chiefs are not frauds. Uh, Patrick Mahomes hasn't played his best football as of late. But they're the, still the Chiefs. Uh, McKinnon, one of the running back wide receivers, has stepped in nicely. Um, oh, my gosh. The name is escaping me. Who's uh, who's out for the Chiefs, the running back? My goodness. Uh, I'll find that. But, yeah, I think the Chiefs are not frauds. So this is the, the real test here. So the, these next two teams are in the same division. They're in the North, AFC North, and they're both 9-4. and four, But I guess the Ravens have a tiebreaker. So what do you think of the Ravens? Um, There's no Lamar Jackson, right? Right, he's out. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the running back I was looking for. He's on injury reserve for the Chiefs. Uh, oh, and, and Isaiah Pacheco has also ran the ball well uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, the the Ravens, Ravens are frauds. Yeah, I don't. They don't know when uh, Lamar Jackson is going to come back, and then their their backup. Huntley got hurt. He's in concussion protocol. So their starting quarterback right now is Anthony Brown. Tyler Huntley got hurt. And Ant- I, even when Lamar was playing, they've lost a few, a couple yeah. games that they shouldn't have. So I, agree I think they you. were frauds. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. So does that mean the next team that's right there tied with them in the AFC, in the AFC North, the Bengals? How do you feel about them? The Bengals are ascending. They are not frauds. Joe Burrow. One of the best pocket passers in the NFL right now. If that line can protect him, he's got weapons. T. Higgins obviously is a little banged up. Don't know the status on him. But if you look at Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Mixon is back, the running back uh, for the Bengals. And then you also say Samaje Pirine has, has ran the ball well. So I think they are not frauds. Tyler Boyd also a weapon. Uh, they're, they're tied in. Hayden Hurst, a good player, and their defense is playing well. So as long as DJ Reader, former Texan, has been wreaking havoc on the defensive line, obviously Hendrickson, Trey Hendrickson for uh, the Bengals has played well, so I don't think they're frauds either. I think they are ascending, and they are a deadly team in the AFC. I agree, and now we're going to keep getting to these teams, but I have to ask you because I saw an article uh, making the rounds. I feel like for the it's going to be just like Michael Jordan in the NBA. For the rest of time, every quarterback that comes out is going to be, is he the next Tom Brady? Yep. Do you think Joe Burrow is the next Tom Brady? Well, from everything that I've read, and obviously we've seen the play, I know he's still young in his career, 
Um, and what he did with that team last year, he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL, and they got away all the way to the uh, Super Bowl. Probably should have won it, but the Rams were just better late down later in the game. He's the closest thing. Stay healthy, get a couple of championships. Yeah, I think, you know, with what he does in the pocket is the closest we can say to Tom Brady. But what he has that's over Tom Brady is he can escape better. His feet are better, well, meaning youthful. extend plays. Yeah, faster than Tom Brady. Tom's never been fleet of foot. And they're in position to make a move. I mean, they can jump the Ravens easily. They just beat the Chiefs. They're on a five-game winning streak. So, I mean, they're sitting pretty right now. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, you make a good point. I think everybody um, everybody will be compared. Are they the next Tom Brady? So Yep, for the rest of time, or at least for a very long time. Okay, next team in the wild card, the Dolphins. They're kind of a mixed bag. They're on a two-game um, losing streak right now. How do you feel about the Dolphins? Yeah, and... and um, Tua Tungavailoa has not played well the last two weeks. Uh-oh. Oh, man. I'm kind of indifferent on them. I still th- I don't think they're frauds. I still think they are a really dangerous team, especially with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Uh, Mike McDaniels has done a phenomenal job with them. Um, I'm going to say they're, that they're not frauds. All right. And then to kind of round out. Okay, well. Actually, I forgot one of the division leaders here, the Titans. What do we think about the Titans? Frauds. Yeah, I kind of figured. They're not good. (laughs) If they can't run the football, what are they going to do? Yeah, not much. So, yeah, no, frauds. The the AFC South is terrible. Yeah. And to round out the AFC, uh, I guess the Patriots have the tiebreaker, but we have three teams here in the wild card hunt in the Patriots, the Chargers and the Jets, all at seven and six. Don't know if you want to do a rapid fire for those three teams. Patriots, Chargers, Jets. Uh, Jets. uh, Jets are frauds, even though they play hard, meaning Robert Sala has those guys playing uh, good football. Even if they don't make the wild card, I think they've exceeded expectations. They have. It's been a good year for them. I agree. They have. Who else did you say? Chargers and the Patriots. Patriots, I guess, have the tiebreaker. They're listed as in the wild card behind the Dolphins and the Bengals. Ugh. I think if you looked at those three, I think the Chargers would be the ones to get in. I think with um, Justin Herbert, I think uh, you got Keenan Allen back. You got Mike Williams back. You have Palmer uh, in there with the wide receiving core. It just adds weapons uh, for Justin Herbert. So I think the Chargers get in over the Patriots and the Jets. And just to make sure I don't leave anybody out in the AFC before we move on to the NFC, Jaguars, Raiders, Browns, and Steelers are all at five and eight. Is it safe to say they're all frauds? Uh, all, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. Do we want to move on to the NFC or do uh, well, we got Michael Schott yeah. coming in next segment? So yeah, let's go ahead and do the NFC real quick. Eagles. Oh, uh, they're they're the top. Yeah. It's the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jalen Hurts is going to win the MVP. So the division leader in the North, the team that, man, we've had a lot of question marks throughout the year about them, the Vikings. What do you think about the Vikings? 10-3, and three, lost uh, their last game. Not frauds. Close, though. Right. Close. They're like the best of the frauds. That, yeah, frauds, I think so. But they're like the best of them. Yeah, they're still going to win their division. Of course, of course. Okay. And then, six-game winning streak, third-string quarterback. How do you feel about the 49ers? Uh, not frauds. That defense is phenomenal. They've got... Um, Man, they've got weapons all around. Uh, they got some good news back on Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel uh, sprained MCL and ankle, so he should be he should be back uh, this season at some point. Uh, and it depends on Brock Purdy, but you don't have to do much. I mean, you've got good running backs. 
So, yeah, I, not frauds. They're still really good. All right. And rounding out the division leaders, the Bucks. Frauds. <laughs> yeah. Frauds. Buddy. That division is trash, too. Yes, it is. Sorry, I hate I love Tom Brady, but they, they're not good. Their offense is, is like Sean. They're putrid. Not good offense. All right. Well, we got Michael Schaub on hold, so let's try to rapid fire the wild card here. To me, the most important team in the wild card, are they frauds or not? The Cowboys. No. Too many weapons. Yep. Ten and three, four game winning streak. Okay. Commanders. Tyler uh, Heineke's playing good football. Eh, they're okay. They'll make the wild card, I think. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The entire NFC East is in the playoff picture right now. Yeah. That might not change. Yeah. Uh, Commanders and Giants are both seven and five. I think the Giants are frauds. Okay, so you think the Seahawks could slip in? They're at seven and six right now. I think the Seahawks will get in. They've exceeded expectations this season too. Geno Smith has been playing well. I think they get in. But who are they taking it from? The Commanders or the Giants? Uh, I think the Commanders and the Seahawks both get in. So I think the Giants miss out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that basically wraps it up, man. Good stuff. You didn't ask me about the Texans. Oh, yeah. Sorry. What do you think about the te- oh, what and the Rams defending Super Bowl champs? Dude, the Rams are the, – what a disappointment the Rams are and this the season. Aaron Rodgers-led Packers. Yeah. I mean, are they frauds? Uh, but they, they, they suck. <laughs> they suck. They're yeah. not good. Yeah, Crazy buddy. to think about. Rams and, and, uh, Rams and Packers just not good this season. Not good. Texans also not good. Not good. We're going to talk – Major League Baseball, Astros, and Carlos Correa's massive deal with uh, Michael Schwab next here on Sports Talk 790. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. Sports Talk 790. Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. Carlos Correa signing with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. The Rockets beat the Suns. Kyler Murray tore his ACL. He's out for the season for the Arizona Cardinals. We turn our attention back to Major League Baseball. And we welcome in Michael Schwab of the Juice Box Journal, formerly of USA Today. Michael, we appreciate you making the time, man. How are we doing today? Hey, Lalima, I'm doing good, especially after hearing that Christmas music before we got here. I'm ready for the season. Yeah, you know, I've told Ryan a couple of times over the last couple of weeks, you know, we, we got this Christmas music playing as our bumper music, and it would be nice if we can get, uh, you know, some colder weather, and I think it's on the way. So finally, some uh, Christmas uh, weather here in Houston, rather than Absolutely. this uh, humidity, you know what I mean? 
I, I'll take it, you know. I, I don't even need a white Christmas. I just need a cold Christmas. But, yeah. hey, Carlos is having a green Christmas. Yes. Money yeah, so let's dig right into that. Carlos Correa signs a uh, 13-year $350 million contract. You and I spoke last week about Carlos Correa, and uh, I asked you the question, will he take less than 35 a year? And sure enough, he took 35 a year. What was your initial reaction when Carlos Correa signed this big contract? You know, I think, number one, my first reaction is good for him. Congratulations. What a huge deal for him. 13 years is the longest contract ever handed out for Major League Baseball. 350 is the fourth most, but it's the most for a shortstop. The biggest thing, he's got more than Lindor, and I know that's exciting for him. Now, what I've been hearing just through the time and just people close to him is that he always wanted the long deal, and he would take a lower AAV or lower average to, uh, per year to get to that. And that's what the Giants gave him. Now, something interesting that I had kind of done some research and thrown it out to people around him, something that was kind of important to him was ground ball pitch, uh, the ground ball percentage by the pitchers. The Giants were the best ground ball percentage pitching staff, starters and bullpen of all of Major League Baseball last year. The Twins were 28. What that means is more defensive plays, more defensive plays, you get more gold gloves, more platinum gloves. The last time he won a gold glove was, you know, with the Astros who have some of the best ground ball pitching too. So now he gets to have good defensive plays. He gets to be a part of that team and they get to build around him, which uh, they got money and they've also got a GM who knows him well and Pete who was with the Astros. How do you think uh, Dodgers fans feel now that Carlos Correa is a San Francisco Giants? Obviously, ownership came out and said that they wouldn't pursue Carlos Correa partly because the fan base would not uh, welcome Carlos Correa. Now he's with the rival Giants. Yeah, so I think uh, Dodgers fan kind of they they woke up feeling a, a little frustrated today because uh, let's be real, they would have taken Carlos Correa. If anyone tells you, and their Dodgers fan said that they wouldn't, they're liars. That's not true. The thing is that to get a franchise player like this on your team for years, anyone would want it. Even Yankees fans were wanting him. The true story about the Dodgers is that Carlos was never going to be a Dodger. And uh, my understanding is that they weren't going to offer him the years. And so, you know, they can push a story that the fans didn't want him, but that's bull crap in my mind. I think what happens is today they woke up with two double whammies. They didn't get the star shortstop in Korea. And they have to deal with him for the next 13 years where he's totally just hitting homers, making defensive plays, and making them look silly. I mean, honestly, this is the best thing that could happen for Astros fans is now Dodgers have to deal with Korea for 13 years. So let's let's uh, let's turn to the Houston Astros. We have Michael Schwab of the Juice, Juice Box Journal, uh, formerly of USA Today. You can catch him on Twitter at Michael Schwab thirteen here on the Sean Salisbury Show uh, with the Astros. Dalton Varsho is a name that keeps coming up in trade rumors. Do you think the Astros might explore that trade? You know, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I've heard and say my opinion. I've heard that they are very interested. I've heard people from the front office want. Dalton Varsho on their team. That is a player who could do great work, left-handed outfielder, outfielder, the 27 homers last year, doesn't have great average, but they can build that up. He's also played catcher. The thing about Varsho is there's a huge asking price for him. Now, I don't know the names that they want, but I would imagine it would be one of our top pitchers, our top relievers, someone that the Astros wouldn't want to lose, but Brent Strom would know very well because he is the pitching coach for the D-backs. 
uh, in my honest opinion, I don't think that Dalton Varsho will be an Astro through a trade this year. Maybe something changes down the road. But, hey, maybe they explore some person like Alec Thomas, who's a center fielder for them, who doesn't hit great, but is a great defensive player. Gets you a fourth outfielder who can come play defensively. You can move Chaz from center to left field and explore options that way. But I don't think Dalton Varsho will be an Astro. Um, but they are in the market for a left-handed hitter and a left-handed outfielder. And that is something that they're still pushing. The offseason is still young. And they're making their ways to make something happen. Yeah, and so let's—that's where uh, that leads right into my next point. Uh, Michael Schwab joining us here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Catch him on Twitter at Michael Schwab thirteen. Uh, will the Astros add a left-handed bat? The names that keep popping up: Andrew Benintendi. Uh, Michael Brantley, of course, but we have to wait on the medicals, which uh, from everything that I understand, it will be uh, no uh, no less than March when those come out, which is spring training, obviously. Uh, is there another name than Benintendi and Michael Brantley they could add? And, and what do you think about those two names? I think those are the two top names. I mean, right now, number one is Michael Brantley, Uncle Mike. They The, t- the players love him. They're still close with him. I mean, if people were you know, have a heartbeat. They would have seen him and Tucker and Bregman and all the guys together in Vegas over the past week at the UFC fight. He's so close with them. He wants to be on the team. They're just waiting on medicals. Now, something that could happen is that when other teams are pushing for a left-handed outfitter like Brantley or even put him in the, you know, designate hitter, they may push the Astros' hands sooner than later. And so, you know, if there's a play, maybe like the Cardinals or someone who starts calling and saying, hey, Crane, what are you doing about this? The Astros may have to sign him sooner. Uh, Yeah, so March is kind of the estimate about what's going on with his shoulder. Now it's a non-throwing shoulder. Uh, So he could still play. Uh, But they would love to see him in outfield. Now with an attendee, that's another name that we're hearing as well. But, you know, these prices have to be right. One, some, something that's interesting to watch is that Ben Attendee went to Arkansas as well as Ryan Stanek. Maybe that connection works. Maybe they reach out to each other. Maybe Stanek can say, hey, come on over to Houston. These are good guys, but the deal has to make sense. And then finally, Michael Conforto is another name to watch. Uh, he hasn't played all last year with a, dealing with an injury. Uh, I believe he's a Boris guy, so that's always a Scott Boris, the agent uh, guy that you have to watch for that. But they are going to get another hitter. And something I will say is that if you look at this lineup from 2022 to 2023, and you look at that from a war perspective, wins above replacement, just by replacing Yuli Gurriel and Jose Abreu, you've already got a better war than the past year. So the lineup's already better. They can still get better by getting Brantley or someone else and balance the lineup out. So I, I think everyone's really nervous, like, oh, my gosh, what are the Astros going to do? Reminder, the Astros won the World Series in 2022. Deepest pitching staff. The lineup needed to get better. I think they can almost get there. Yeah, Michael. Uh, the name Michael Conforto, Ryan and I talked about that earlier uh, in the show because he, he was a name that came up right around the trade deadline, but he hasn't played. Uh, so that name, I, I think, will continue to pop up. So we'll see what happens with Michael Conforto. All right, this is the big uh, bugaboo, if you will, over the last, I don't know, week, maybe two weeks, and it's the catching position because the Astros were rumored to be in on Wilson Contreras. They were... Um, you know, mentioned with Christian Vasquez, Sean Murphy was even brought up, but that would have had to been via trade. He's obviously now with the Atlanta Braves leaving Oakland. 
Why should Astros fans trust Marty Maldonado as as the uh, as the catcher? Look, you and I are on the same page with Marty Maldonado. I am a hundred percent behind Marty Maldonado, but the fan base I feel like over the last week or two is just salivating for another catcher. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a funny thing. I think it's interesting when fans kind of you know get bullseye about a certain thing like oh we need a new catcher. It's like you guys once again. With Martin Maldonado, 70% of catching, who caught immaculate innings, two immaculate innings this past year, and has helped so much with these players, they still won the World Series. I think people kind of laser focus on the nine hole and say, well, we need a hitting catcher. This is where we need to be. The truth is, you know, Maldonado hit 15 homers this year. He had his best year of that. I think his OPS and average will get better because now there's no lockout. They'll be able to work with coaches. Things will be a little better on that end. Let me speak from a baseball perspective than more of a feelings and hearts perspective. Because feelings and hearts will say leadership will get it done. From baseball perspective, let me just say this. They're looking for catchers who have good pop time. So that's the, the ability to get the ball out of your hand into you know second or first to throw someone out. They're looking at framing and they're looking at, of course, hitting. Well, we know how Martin's going to do with hitting, and you know, hopefully the lineup can cover him and protect him. But from a pop uh, pop time, he's top ten. He's top ten in baseball for pop time. He's one of the best at throwing out runners, uh, which is going to be very important, especially with making the, the bases bigger and everything this year, or with the shift. And then for framing, you know, he's top thirty. I mean, it's not the best, but he's better than Chris. He's right there with Christian Vasquez at framing. And even Wilson Contreras is not the best with framing. So I think people get on these narratives like we need to have someone hitting more home runs. I think Maldonado will do the job. I think he'll be great. The job was always his. If Contreras joined, he would have been a left fielder or DH. Murphy, that was an interesting thing. I didn't know if that really would have legs because just to preface, any trade is going to be hard on the Astros because they're already completed farm system. So the best asset right now is money, and Crane has money to spend. So it's best for them to pay free agents, bring in maybe a backup catcher like a Jorge Alfaro from the Padres, or trust Corey Lee or Yanir Diaz as the backup. But Maldi is the guy. He'll be in the lineup. And fans just need to understand they can't, you know, I guess complain as much as you want. It's a free country, but that's what we're dealing with right now. Uh, last question as Michael Schwab visits with us here on the Sean Salisbury show. Catch him on Twitter at Michael Schwab 13. He's Astros writer for the Juice Box Journal, formerly of USA Today. All right, last question for you, uh, Michael. One of the things that me and Ryan talked about earlier in the show and we posed it on Twitter, who will win a championship first, the Houston Rockets or the Houston Texans? I think the... <laughs> Oh my gosh! I know. And I look, the, <laughs> it's it's a no brainer, right? But look, I asked everybody on Twitter. We've we've talked to callers about it. Now I ask you as a last question here this morning. I think uh, the answer is the Astros. Uh, yeah, right. The <laughs> They're going to win. <laughs> the next one would be the Rockets. I think the Rockets have the best chance to win a championship at some point, way before the Texans. I, I think the Rockets are what three to five years, maybe sooner. The Texans are 10. You know, I can see the plan with the Rockets. With the Texans, there's just no plan yet. They need to get a star quarterback. They need to hit a line to to help them. They need defense. They need everything to build it up. So I'm not confident the Texans will get there 
Um, the Rockets are looking very good with their future. That's exciting. They got a win last night too. Um, but you know, I have a, a theory and maybe all of Houston feels this way. I feel like only one major league, excuse me, one major sports team in Houston can be good at a time. I think there's a curse. So I feel like the Astros are the best team and everyone has to do bad. If the Rockets do good, maybe the Astros will do bad. So I don't know. I, I feel like the Astros should stay at the top and everyone else can stay at the bottom just because I'm biased like that. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the Texans are far, far away, and the Rockets are the next closest to the Astros. Michael, thank you for the time. That's Michael Schwab. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Michael Schwab 13 We appreciate you making the time, Michael. Thanks, and uh, have a good rest of your day, man. Hey, thanks, Melina. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's Michael Schwab. Catch him on uh, Twitter at Michael Schwab 13 uh, Juicebox Journal, Astros writer, formerly of USA Today. After the break, we're going to come back. We'll talk, is Houston cursed when it comes to all three major teams? Can multiple teams be good at the same time? We'll talk about it next on the Sean Salisbury Show. And we're back. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. Because I want to see you, baby, Couple of segments left here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. Rockets beat the Suns last night, 111-97. Steven Silas returning after losing his father, Paul Silas. Good win for that young Rocket squad. Carlos Correa signing a 13-year, $350 million deal with the San Francisco Giants. Sean Payton eyeing his return to coaching in the NFL. Has three teams in mind, the Rams, Chargers, Saints. And Todd McShay does his first mock draft. The Texans in that mock draft take Michael Mayer with their uh, number 12 pick. And the number one overall pick is Bryce Young. So the mock drafts are going to continue to come out as we inch closer to the postseason with the NFL or in the NFL, I should say. Just four weeks left in the regular season. We did a fraud or not segment. Uh, We just wrapped up an interview with Michael Schwab of the Juice Box Journal, formerly of uh, USA Today. That'll be up on our blog later on, sports790.com. We're talking Major League Baseball, talking the Astros. And, you know, one thing that he mentioned that segues right into this segment, Rhino, is do you think Houston's cursed? You know, uh, at one point in 2019, we saw the Rockets were right there. The Astros were there, and so were the Texans. None of them won a championship. The uh, Astros were in the World Series, but they lose in Game 7 to the Washington Nationals. The uh, rattle of the, um, oh my gosh, it just blew a drink, uh, just uh, drew a blank. The home run off the uh, right field foul pole. Who am I th- uh, Howie Kendrick, my goodness. There that go. still uh, lives rent-free in my head. Do you think it's good? I don't know if it's cursed, though, I, man. Yeah, I mean, not to be disrespectful to Michael, I think that'd be the only pushback I would give is that, yeah, all three teams were you know good that year. Astros making it to the World Series. I mean, most teams that are cursed don't make it to... The you know the last stop on the road to a championship, so. right? And the Rockets were really good that year, so I would ho- like to think that they're not. I mean, teams like Sacramento and the Clippers, and there's plenty of other teams. You know, the Jets. You know, there's endless amount of teams that are more cursed, and I, I would say we're not cursed at all. Now the Texans might be. I don't know what's going on over there, but. I don't think the Houston as a whole is cursed in regards to all teams being good. Yeah, so uh, the, speaking of the Texans, they're practicing. They just started their practice right now out over uh, at NRG Stadium. And one of the Texans writers, Brooks Cabina, uh, tweeted out uh, that he doesn't see the uh, Laramie Tunsil at practice. 
Hmm. Not uh, not sure what's going on. He hasn't. I haven't seen anything else. Don't want to. You know, try yeah. to be uh, too be crazy about it. Weather. All right. He could be. Could be late to practice. I don't know. Uh, but obviously, that would not be good if you lose your left tackle. Again, that's just kind of what I saw. Uh, so I have to wait and see. I don't think there's a chance in hell that they beat the Chiefs, anyways. But hey, they got Jeff Driscoll on the 53 man roster now. Jeff, let's just, you, <laughs> gotta love it. I I enjoyed the two quarterback system. I'm not going to lie to you. I really truly liked watching Jeff Driscoll and uh, Davis Mills switch in and out. The offense was seemed a little bit better. I wouldn't say a lot better because the offense has not been good. Damian Pierce is the only bright spot. Well, it's just about making the offense less predictable. One play at a time, Rhino. I, you just make it less predictable. Yeah, right, I mean, right. I mean, watching a Texans game, you know exactly what they're going to do every play. And if we know what they're going to do on the couch, that means the defense knows what they're going to do. So, yeah, the two-quarterback system, doing anything that's different has got to be beneficial. Right. Yeah, it's just make it less predictable. And that's what we've seen pretty much all season long. Now they're taking on the Chiefs. I mean, how are you going to stop Patrick Mahomes? Ooh, you yeah. can't tackle. What's the line at yeah, right now? Was it fourteen? Great minds think alike. Yeah, you think fourteen? I'd say the line is twelve. I mean, they covered I'm thinking, that line. I'm thinking it. it I don't think it's going to be sixteen, like we saw with the Cowboys. Seventeen with the Cowboys. I think it'll be like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, because they covered that Cowboys spread. They did pretty nicely. easily. Yeah. It's fourteen. Is it fourteen? Did you cheat? No, I didn't. All right. Well, it's fourteen. Fourteen. Wow. What two touched, two touchdowns <laughs> and two extra points. Yeah. You taking that? No. No, no. not against. I, so everyone was like, oh, you took the Cowboys to, you know, cover the spread. I mean, that spread was just too big. And it's like, well, dude, they scored 33 points against a bad Colts team in the fourth quarter the other day. I was like, anything could happen. I was like, I'm not surprised that the Texans covered the spread, but I wouldn't have been surprised had the Cowboys done it. So same thing with the Chiefs here in this game. I think the Chiefs could win by more than two touchdowns very easily. Or the Texans maybe show signs of life and lose the game by 10. You know, who knows? What do you think? I think they're going to get beat by like 20. Yeah, exactly. Now, I didn't think they would play as well as they did against the Cowboys. I think the Chiefs are a better team than the Cowboys. And exactly. plus, the Cowboys played awful. Like, they interceptions, fumbles, three and outs. Uh, like, they didn't play well until... Damn near the last drive when they go 98 yards to win the game. And I had some people trying to tell me the Texans played well, and maybe they did. They did. And, and, and for them. Exactly. For them. I think the Cowboys played down more than the Texans played up. And that's just me. I mean, I could definitely be wrong. It's my opinion. But I think the Chiefs are going to, you know, maybe they, they saw that Cowboys game and they go, hey, we're going to beat these guys, but let's not fall asleep on them. You know, I so. think I think they definitely played down. Uh, to the competition of the Texans, and you saw it, and they just played sloppy. So what's one way that the Texans can beat the Chiefs? We'll talk about that next to end the show here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Hey, you're back. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. Get back at it. Last segment of the Sean Salisbury Show. 
Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. Sean will be back with us tomorrow. He's up in Dallas coaching at the Army All-American game. Rockets beat the Suns last night. Carlos Correa signing a huge deal with the San Francisco Giants. 13 years, $350 million. Sean Payton eyeing his return to coaching in the NFL. And Kyler Murray has a torn ACL. He's out for the season. Ryan, the Texans take on the Chiefs this week. Jeff Driscoll added to the 53-man roster. Davis Mills coming off of a pretty good performance last week. Damian Pierce will be out with an ankle injury. Um, have to wait and see how, you know, that if it's a pesky ankle injury, if it's one of those where it wasn't too bad, out for a week, come back. But if it's anything that lingers, I shut him down for the rest of the season. Yeah, no point. So with that, I don't know how the Texans will come anywhere close to repeating their performance against the Cowboys against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, I don't see how they will. I don't think they will, but I, I do. I'm looking at their schedule here. They're at home against the Chiefs. Not that that matters, but well, home field advantage, man. Look, I'm yeah, telling you what, it. dude. And you, you, be bumping. It's going to be rocking. <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> I think the Chiefs will have more fans there than Texans fans. That's my guess. But I do want to ask you, the Texans do finish out the season against the... Uh, doesn't matter. Against the division. You don't it think doesn't they matter. can got a win against... They, the, they got the Titans and Jags, right? Titans, Jags, and Colts to end the year. You don't think they the, get a win against any of the them? The Colts. Maybe, maybe. What about May- the Jags? We, no. we love beating the Jags. That's our only win. Yeah, but but the Trevor Jags Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is uh, has been playing better as of late. He's made really good strides. They'll probably Travis Etienne, the running back for the Jags, will probably run for three hundred against him. Derrick Henry will run for two fifty. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Taylor hasn't had a good year for the Colts. He'll probably run for four hundred. Yeah, he's due. No, yeah. I don't think they. Be, I don't think they win another game this season. Yeah. Well, I. They I will go down. I'm gonna four. I'm put me down for them squeaking out one of them. They will go down as one of the worst teams in NFL history. Yeah. No doubt. They will go down. I think they win one game, and it sucks because I had optimism for this team. I thought what we saw for the last five or six weeks from Davis Mills last season, I thought that would carry over to this season. And I thought he would play well or play better than what we've seen. He's been inconsistent. Obviously, Kyle Allen came in for two games. Was worse. Was worse, right? (laughs) So I think the optimism, I think, was there. Ian Rappaport said it here on the uh, Sean Salisbury show that he even thought that they'd be seven or eight wins. That was way before the season started. Right, it was the, it was the week prior to the yeah, season. Right. It was leading up into the first week. And here they are, 1-11-1. And now they play the Chiefs, and then the rest is against the AFC South. The AFC South sucks, but I still don't think they'll win another game. Is there anything better than off-season optimism? I mean, it's my favorite thing about the off-season. Just all the possibilities of what could happen, and then the Texans didn't even come close. Let me add, did you have optimism for this team? Yes, we all did. Right. Dude, I was thinking maybe like four wins or something, and you and Sean are like, nah, five, six. Yeah. And then Ian went as far as saying seven, and yeah, they did not come close. And you guys had me believe it. I mean, you guys had brought up the the roster and the analysis. and The The roster. And the potential, and then, yeah, didn't well, live up to it. And I hope this might sound a little, uh, I don't want to be a negative Nancy. I don't like being a negative okay. Nancy. But I kind of hope they end the season the way they started it. A tie? tie? Against, a, tie against, a tie against the Colts, because they're playing the Colts their last game. I would love it if they go into Indy and play the Colts, and the score is like 7-7. So you mean they would go 1-7? One, 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 14 and 2. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Could you imagine? You got to make the... If you're going to make the history books for being bad, do it in style. And that would be very stylish. I can't believe it, man. Yeah, again, I'm being, I'm being a little, uh, as Sean would say, hyperbolic. Hyperbolic? Yeah, yeah. I would think so. But yeah. I, look, man, the spread right now is at 14 for the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't play well last weekend, but they got a W against the Broncos. Yep. So they're going to come, and they're going to try to, and again, look, the playoff. And then they played down to the Broncos. They got up big, and then they just fell asleep, and the Broncos showed some life, and the Chiefs were like, oh, you know what, we need to win this game. Right the right. playoff picture is starting to shape up. So they're going to be trying to get that number one seed from the Bills. As it stands right now, they would be playing uh, the Chargers in the first round. They would be the number two seed. Yeah. The Bills with a bye. So the playoff picture is starting to shape up. And the Texans could play spoiler for the Chiefs if for somehow they find a way to make it competitive and win. I just don't see it happening. You know, you look at these wild card round projections right now. You got Chiefs and Chargers, the Ravens and Dolphins, and Titans and Bengals. That's in the AFC. In the NFC, the Eagles would have the bye and it'd be the Vikings and Seahawks, 49ers and Commanders. And Buccaneers and Cowboys. I don't see. I honestly don't see how the Ravens are going to get into the playoffs if they don't have Lamar Jackson. Do you see an upset anywhere in there in all those games you went through? If the if the playoff season started right now, yeah, if it started right now, do you see an upset in what you just listed? Yeah, I, I could. I this may sound like a hot take here. We love a good hot take every now and then. Yeah, I could see the Chargers upsetting the Chiefs. Okay. What about the Bucks against the Cowboys? So the Bucks to me, like the Bucks to me, are a team. Look, at the end of the day, they still have Tom Brady. I've if the Bucks win a couple games towards the end of the season and they roll into the playoffs, they're a team that could get hot during the playoffs. They still have a pretty good defense. They still have weapons all over the place. If the line can figure it out, yeah, the Bucks could go in and make a run. And, and the they Cowboys could beat the Cowboys. Love, yeah, and I was going to say, I, I, again, don't want to be negative, but I, the Cowboys love losing games that they should win, Yeah, especially it, towards the postseason. And as of right now, if the playoffs started today, the Bucks would have home field advantage over the Cowboys in that game. Because they won their division. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. And they got a way worse record. Yeah, because the NFC South is also bad. Trash. Panthers still have an sh- outside shot at making the playoffs. In the hunt, baby. Don't crazy. Yeah, never would have thought that. And then another team in the uh, in the NFC, the Lions. Yeah, man, crazy, crazy stuff. What a show, Rhino! That's gonna do it. Sean will be back with us tomorrow. For my producer Ryan Money, I am Brian Lalima. Thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow morning at six a.m. Don't go anywhere. In the trenches is next on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
the laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.